Due to the graphic nature of this program, listener discretion is advised. I did a Star Wars cartoon, so even I get hate from Star Wars fans when I'm like, look, dog, you're just mad the franchise isn't aging with you. Right, right. But that ain't how it works. The first one was for fucking kids. Right. The second three were for different fucking kids, <laughs> and this one is for kids. You just pissed off that Han Solo gave the fucking Millennium Falcon to a girl. <laughs> yes. That's it. Because Luke Skywalker is Cinderella or Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. Okay? He can talk to things that don't speak English and understands what they're fucking saying. Yeah. He gets a fairy godfather instead of a fairy godmother who teaches him how to be the best Jedi in the world in no time fucking flat. And everybody, like, I know more about the Force than most people because Dave Filoni taught me and George Lucas taught him. And all these video games have fucked people up on what the Force is. Like, Luke's skill doesn't dictate whether he wins or loses. Right. The Emperor doesn't dictate whether he wins or loses. The Force dictates who wins or loses based on balance and here's the 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 quick version of how to explain it to all these people who fucking think they get to decide in the first fuck if you want to do this like time wise palpatine you would say and yoda are the smartest too palpatine clearly smarter because yoda was blind to the power of the dark side and the seduction of of anakin so let's talk about the seduction of anakin fucking skywalker for a second (laughs) if the emperor is the smartest dude in in the universe and knows that the force dictates this if he kills who he sees as a rival anakin then he knows the force is just going to fucking correct that because the emperor knows this. These are George Lucas's words, not mine. So fuck you if you disagree with me. Straight, straight up, this is information, not affirmation time. Straight up, man. So the emperor knows that. So instead of killing Anakin, what does he do? He seduces Anakin to double the strength of the dark side. So then what does the force do? It balances us. How? It gives us twins, Luke and Leia, two and fucking two, balance. And if you look at the movie through just that simple perspective, you will not only know why every single bad guy loses and every single good guy loses, you'll know who's going to win and lose in the next fucking movies. I can tell you, I just don't want to wreck it. People bitch about the dumbest shit like it's archetype characters. This is George Lucas's words. There is no Jack Bauer in Star Wars. That character doesn't exist. It's not Han Solo. Han Solo is a reluctant hero, okay? He's a reluctant hero. That's the archetype. Darth Maul, where everybody wants to win, and he's everyone's favorite because he looks sick and he's great in the video games. Does look cool. Fuck you guys. He's Sisyphus. He is born to fail. Learn your Greek mythology like, I don't know, George fucking Lucas did. He's cursed to roll a boulder up the hill only to have it roll to the bottom again every single time for eternity. That is Darth Maul's quest. He's in on the joke, you guys. He knows it. He's just cursed to live that life again. Not my opinion, George Lucas's. So go fuck yourself if you disagree. You don't get to level up in the Star Wars world. That's a fucking video game. There's no such thing as a gray Jedi. Qui-Gon even says, I turn towards the light because it's there. There's no gray. There's no, that's, that's pretend fan fiction shit, which is cool, but don't try to canonize it because it doesn't work and I'm never going to buy it ever. Star Wars is for fucking kids. Your podcast will fail. It's just a coincidence that you were talking about the Jack and Triumph show and I'm here. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Hey man, this is Kevin Smith. Guy makes all those unlistenable podcasts over at Smodcast.com and you're listening to the Two Strangers One Podcast. This is podcasting. You're listening to Two Strangers One Podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes or on the Stitcher app for Android devices. Please visit twostrangersonepodcast.net.
Now, here's Chris Cologne and Paul Pasquillo. Hello and welcome to Two Strangers, One Podcast. I'm Chris. I'm Paul. And literally less than 10 seconds before we started watching this episode, I decided to get hyped myself up by watching the very last uh, Star Wars uh, trailer as we get, uh, we're about halfway through October. Uh, Star Wars doesn't come out until pretty much around Christmas. So there's about a month or so, about a month and a half. Oh no, two months actually. Uh, mm-hmm. by the time they get a chance to actually re- uh, release the movie. And as we were talking about right before the episode started, uh, you know, Star Wars has been known, Star Wars and Marvel. Uh, and, and I mean, I guess other people are guilty of it also, but I mean, obviously people pay attention to the Star Wars and Marvel trailers where there'll be things in a trailer that aren't necessarily in the movie or there'll be scenes in the trailer that are sort of a different take from what's shown in the movie. So, you know, we live in a world now with digital editing and stuff like that. So what we see today in the quote unquote final trailer doesn't necessarily mean it's what we're going to see in the final movie. Uh, the one scene that really gets me kind of uh, curious on, on, and I don't want to, it's not a spoiler because it's in the trailer, but yeah, it's and where. Yeah, it's out right now, so there's that. Yeah, so Kylo, you see Kylo Ren and Rey together swing their lightsabers and knock down a statue, a black statue, like a, you know, like made out of like a like black stone or whatever. And you don't know if, is it a statue of the Emperor? Is it a statue of Darth Vader? Um, I have a feeling it's the, it's the Emperor, but once again, I, you you know, I, I, I don't want to speculate because it's going to be one of those things where, like, I'm getting all hyped up about it now. And then, you know, by the time the movie comes out, that's not in the fucking movie. I'm like, what happens to the guys when they beat up this? You know? Because as I've already made the intro to this podcast, and it's a long intro, and if you made it through it, uh, thank you for staying around that, that part. It is the Freddie Prinze rant. Where... I'm sorry that Chris did that to you. Well, I mean, I could have sat there and edited it, but, like, you know, instead of, you know, a two-minute intro, it would have been a minute and a half intro. So why go through all that work to save 30 seconds? It's mm. it's a pretty funny rant by Freddie Prince Jr. Uh, talking about Star Wars and how, you know, he used to work on uh, the Clone Wars and how, you know, he, you know, Dave Filoni, uh, who is pretty much the, the, the showrunner for the Clone Wars and Dave Filoni, you know, as Dave Filoni sat at the hand of the master, you know, <laughs> he was the Padawan of George Lucas you know, Fred, and not that Freddie Prince is saying he's a Padawan, but he's saying like, you know, I've spoken to to Dave Filoni, and it's so weird that Freddie Prince Jr., this pretty motherfucker from like, you know, the late '90s and early 2000s, like, you know, he was, you know, I mean, okay, yes, he was doing goofy movies like Scooby Doo and shit like that, but he was a good-looking guy, you know, he's still banging. He's married to Sarah Michelle Geller. He's getting pussy. Uh, but to see, you know, an actually good looking, attractive guy speak passionately about Star Wars, I'm like, motherfucker, that's our thing. That's for the fat, yeah. ugly guys. It's not for the, <laughs> well, for the thin, I mean, attractive, handsome Hollywood guy. I mean, I'm, don't get me wrong. I'm happy he's there and I'm glad he's, he's there, you know, fighting for the cause. But you know, it's like as a nerd and as a fucking ugly fucking bastard, I'm like, no, that's, you know, that's for us. It's not for you. Freddie <laughs> Prince Jr. is it's probably loaded with money from all the acting that he did before. But then he's written for WWE. Mm-hmm. He's he's been a voice actor too, which he's actually a pretty good voice actor, might I say. Mm-hmm. So it's like you know this man is like has done a lot, so he can he can he can have his opinion. But you know, yeah. And I guess I, I mean, honestly, I guess technically on camera work, you know, as horrible as Hollywood is, he's a little past his prime. You know, I mean, not to not to kick him, you know, because the guy's obviously he's a handsome guy. But I'm just saying is the way Hollywood works, 
you know, he's not the Chris, he's not the new kid. Chris on wants the block. to secretly bang Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> well, no, I'm just saying is that no, I, no, I, I'm I'm jealous of him. <laughs> you know, like, but I'm just saying is like he's not you know he's not on the top of anybody's list to to star in a movie, right? You know, he may have a comeback in a, in you know ten years or something like that. Uh, but you and you know, I don't know if you know this or whatever. I mean, I'm pretty sure you know. Remember, it's Freddie Prince Jr. Even his dad was famous. The original Freddie Prince was on the show back in the day, even when I was a little kid, called Chico and the Man, right. which was about and and the funny thing is. Like Freddie Prince Jr. is like he's he's part Puerto Rican, and that was the joke of the show. Is Chico was you know Chico and the man it was a, it was a Puerto Rican, and it was sort of a joke where they they were goofing on Puerto Ricans, but it was you know with the Puerto Rican on the show, you know, uh, living in a world where with white people and shit like that. So you know, and he's Puerto Rican too. He's part Puerto Rican. That son of a bitch. <laughs> that, that reminds Stop me. Stop stealing my things, of fucking Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> that reminds me of a joke that I used to make where like uh, it would be hilarious for them to kind of make a show called uh, the Atheist and the Mormon. Just to see like like how stupid they could make it, and I could I could see like something like that, like like Freddie Prince Jr. being something like that, where it's just like something out there. But remember, this guy wrote this guy's a really good writer because he wrote some of the scripts for WWE during the Attitude Era. So I mean, you gotta you gotta give this guy some props. I mean, he's I mean, you gotta think about it. Like if you're a wrestler yeah, and you're he's going handsome, into the... he has a good job, he has fucking money, he's yeah. banging he's banging Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> Going back to Vegas. Well, I'm just saying, so the well, fuck, you know, whose soul do I have to fucking? I have to sell my fucking soul to the devil. I'm, if well, you're I'm listening, sure come sure hit me up. Doing, I need. <laughs> I'm sure they're both doing things behind the scenes that we don't even know about, like directing and producing shit too. So who knows? But you know. Uh, Honestly, like anybody that's been involved probably knows where they're going with this, with, you know, the final Star Wars. Well, final in quotes of this trilogy, yeah, Star Skywalker, Wars. Yeah, the Skywalker saga. You know, then they're going to have a million other, you know, they're planning, they're planning, you know, they'll do, they'll probably do a series like, you know, Knights of the Old Republic or th- or their version of Knights of the Old Republic, you know. And, you know, there's, of course, there's the Mandalorian, which, you know, we will we'll talk about later. You know, Mandalorian coming to Disney Plus, and we'll talk about the, all the wonderful uh, items. That oh, are don't you worry! Disney I got Plus. some things to say about Disney Plus. Trust From me. From day one, but it's funny. Like I'm watching the trailer for that, and of course it looks fucking awesome. But it's like, you know, he's a Mandalorian, and he traps people in carbonite, and uh, you know, he has the he has the the booster pack on his back, and he has a grappling hook. I'm like, just fucking, you know. I, obviously, you know, they're not saying it's Boba Fett. And I'm not, I don't think it is Boba Fett, but it's like, it's all these things that Boba Fett is known for and famous for, but it's, you know, they can't say it's him. I think like, like three, four years down the line or whatever, like, like by the time they get to like season four or five, if like, if viewership starts dropping, like, you know, the quality starts going down, I think, you know, their big twist, they're going to say, look, it's, it's been Boba Fett all along, you know, they'll bring in all the new fans. Uh, but that's just me, uh, speculating and being a fanboy. Um, all right. So this episode, uh, you know, as much as I've been, uh, being jealous of Freddie Prinze, uh, my little corner of the world are, 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 there's no Oscar letter this week. Surprisingly enough, I'm surprised he hasn't chimed in on, on all my posts from New York Comic Con, uh, especially with my new look. Cause it's something I was sort of playing with the, the new look for a while. And, you know, long-term uh, listeners of the show and people who follow us on social media, you know, there was a time for years where I grew my goatee. You know, I grew my goatee out for like two years. And that was around the time where, you know, we were recording together live. And I think like that first Comic-Con, I had my beard long and it sort of got me into, uh, you know, record with the uh, Jack and Triumph, whatever. I guess I sort of like kept the goatee. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to keep this stupid long goatee because, you know, it gets people's attention and stuff like that. Well, this year... 
I decided to grow out my handlebar mustache. So that was like, I was sort of like, I was, I kind of previewed it. I don't want to say preview, like people give a shit about what's going on in my life. <laughs> but I said, you know, let me, uh, start sporting the, the, the handlebar mustache. Um, I reached out to, to Jody Schaefer because he's been known to have a mustache, you know, the, the handlebar style. And I'm like, you know, what, what products do you use and stuff like that? And so he recommended this product or whatever. And of course, he, I don't know why I even bothered asking him because then I just go out and buy the local shit <laughs> by us. I use this stuff. It's called Amis, Honest Amish. He had, what was the one? The one he recommended was called Fisticuffs. It's sort of like, you know, these old school, uh, you know, old school 1940s men's phrases and shit like that. Um, so, uh, you know, I had, I had my buddy, uh, Salam, my Iraqi buddy, you know, he, he trimmed me up last year before I went to, to Comic-Con to make my beard come to like a point, you know, and then I'm like, okay, so I got the beard coming to the point. I got the, the handlebar mustache. I got my Sultan look going on. So, uh, and it turned out to be pretty, I got a lot of comments, you know, when you do a look like that and not many people like, and I wasn't, tr- I'm not trying to be a fucking hipster or anything like that. I'm not trying to be a fucking millennial or anything like that. I just, out of the blue, I said, you know what? Let me change up my look. Let me do something a little out of the ordinary that gets people's attention. And so I started, fuck it. I said, let me, let me see if I can grow out my mustache to, to do the handlebar look. Um, the one thing that sucks when you don't have your mustache in the handlebar, like when I'm at home minding my own business, like your, your mustache kind of goes down over your mouth. <laughs> you mind your own business? Oh my God. You look like a, well, I'm just, well, when I'm at home and I'm not bothering anybody. Um, I guess I, I can still bother people from the internet, but for the most part, I mean, when I'm not, you know, looking for attention, you know, and it sucks because sometimes like, like you'll be eating a sandwich or something like that and you open your mouth to put like a sandwich in your mouth or whatever. And like the hair from your mustache is in with like the bite. <laughs> so you have to like, you have to bite a little bit different or push your mouth. Like, you know, when you're at home and I don't, I don't, I don't put, I don't put my head, I don't put handlebar mustache. I don't put wax on my mustache when I'm home and I'm not planning to go out if I'm just working from home. So, uh, it does, not that it sucks, but it's just like, oh, it's this extra step, you know? And then you go, when you go out and, you know, I've had people say, I've got, people have gotten used to it now where I've had people say, hey, what happened to the mustache? I'm like, it's still here. It's just, you know, I'm, if it's not like a formal event, I'm not going to put it up. Um, but you know, got, you know, um, had, had one girl call it glorious. Um, I had one very New Yorker guy tell me, uh, you, I, I fucks with, I fucks with it, which is like a new, not a new term, but that's been a while, you know, where someone, if someone says I fucks with it, that means they like it. It's, it's cool. That's as, you know, as the, as the kids say, I fucks with it. So I had a guy say, a guy tell me I fucks with it. <laughs> he goes, your mustache, man. I fucks with it. And I was like, all right, thanks. You know, I'm, I'm hip enough to know what the, I'm, I'm, I'm hip and cool enough to know what that means. Uh, I had a couple compliments and then I had this weird, uh, story, which I, I have later on in my notes, but so I'm leaving Jacob Javitson and I fucking, I, I spent so much money on Uber this year only because, you know, I'm older. Uh, you know, I guess I am heavier. Yes. I have to lose weight. Uh, and I'm like, fuck it. I'm not taking the subway. I'm taking Uber pool everywhere. So that Saturday, no, Friday night, I take the Uber pool and, you know, and it picks us up right at the, right at Jacob Javits Center. And, you know, cause usually I would go like a block down, but by that time, one of the nights I stayed late and I saw this movie, um, it was the screen junkies. Uh, they had put out, uh, produced a movie called Never Give Up, Never Surrender. And it was about like, you know, the 20 year anniversary of, of Galaxy Quest. And it's a really good documentary. Like if you like Galaxy Quest, go see Never Give Up, Never Surrender. It is a really good documentary. They bring back everybody for the movie. Uh, you know, it's funny how like even back then the guy who plays Dwight on The Office, when he, when he did da- Galaxy Quest, he was a nobody, you know, and then like, but he's, he has a part in it. They have Tim Allen, Sigourney Weaver. 
they bring back. I mean, obviously they don't have Alan Rickman because past, but um, you know they talk about it. And as you know, when it gets to the Alan Rickman stuff, like it fucking like it hurts your heart and stuff like that. And and you know, and it like it goes. It's a deep dive. They talk about like how the original version was nowhere near. You know, the original version was going to be more like a spaceballs, like goofy comedy. But then they decided to make it a little serious, but still you know pay tribute to the fans. And I don't want to spoil too much of it, but um, if you like Galaxy Quest. And you have an op- opportunity because I think it's going to be a Fathoms event where like you can watch it, you can screen it in theater soon. Um, I highly fucking recommend it. It is a really good documentary. So that particular night at Comic-Con, we, we were leaving late. So most of the crowds were gone by the time uh, this particular uh, room let out. So I hop in an Uber pool and there's a girl in the back seat or whatever, you know, cute girl, probably mid 20s. And she's like, oh, you know, oh, how's Comic-Con? And, you know, I usually go, but this year I'm working. I'm on my way to work right now. And I'm like, oh, OK. And, and, and we're chatting. And she goes and I'm like, oh, if you don't mind me asking, what do you do? And she goes, oh, I play Frankenfurter in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. You know, for those, you know, when people go to see Rocky Horror, there's a crew of people who actually perform the movie while the movie's playing on screen. And it's it's for the audience and stuff like that. And so she goes. And she goes, do you want to come? And I was like, shit, yeah, absolutely. So, um, so it's funny, like, like coming out of Comic Con with my goofy mustache, it sort of shows you the kind of mentality where, like, even like, it kind of people like, oh, you're one of us, because <laughs> she even she mentioned it later. She goes, that, that guy with that mustache has got to be, you know, cool enough to like Rocky Horror and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, thanks a lot. And and you know, we were talking about things because that. You know, the the troupe evolves over the years, but like I remember in the mid nineties I was going to go see Rocky Horror, you know, and, and like, you know, people that were once part of that troupe, you know, have left since then. It's been twenty something years. Um but you know, and it was real interesting. And then even the and then the, even the theater we went to, I used to know the manager of that theater, you know, so because they moved it to twenty uh, third and eighth. So uh I have no idea what that is, but continue. I'm just saying it's it was a theater on twenty seventh and eighth and, and and I don't think it's a regal. I'm trying to it's some weird funky you know not cinemerica it's some it's some fucking you know some some weird company fucking bought it it's not one of the big ones it's not like a regal or or a cinemark or anything like that so well um, i mean the the rules in the city are probably a lot different than out here where they probably have like you have to be like at least a mile or two apart to have a movie theater so mm-hmm. who the fuck knows yeah, and, not, and that's not in New York City because there's, you know, New York City there's probably a theater every nine blocks. I would say about every mile, no, half a mile, excuse me, because a, a, a mile is about 20 blocks. And as I, I know there's a theater on 12th Street, there's a theater on 23rd Street, there's a theater on 32nd Street, there's a theater on 42nd Street for, you know, for oh, yeah. Times Square. So, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure New York City, the rules are a little different. But I think, um, there's, I think there's like two or three Regals out there. There's a couple AMCs, I think, too. Yeah, but the one on 23rd and 8th, it wasn't. It's it was it was no company I've ever heard of, before. and I think at one point it might have been a Regal, but not, but not anymore. Um, so like now remember like these people that they do Rocky Horror, you know they have props and stuff they have to bring out. So there's there's even like a they have a storage space off the there's like an all shooter theater, you know they bring out lights and all this other shit. So uh, got to see Rocky, and it's funny it's like after a whole long day of being at Comic Con on my feet, you know running around all day, and this girl's like, hey, you want to hang out for a couple more hours and be and I'm like. Fuck it. And uh, so what I did was, since I had my camera with me, I, I, I like, took pictures of their show. Sort of like, okay, you're going to let me in for free, but let me uh, try to take... And, and it's kind of, of course, taking a picture in a dark room with... I don't want... I couldn't use my flash because I don't want to disturb the people watching the movie. And, uh, you know, in the dark, while people are moving... It's not exactly the best environment, but I took some pretty good pictures and I, I, I emailed them uh, to the girl because even after the show, they went to the bar. She's like, you want to go to the bar? And the whole thing is like, at first I was like, oh, this girl likes me. She's cute or whatever. But it's I think uh, I, th- I think she might have been, 
you know, people do people who do Rocky Horror and stuff like that. There's a there's a large uh, you know gay component to it. So I think she was just being very friendly. Uh, <laughs> but it was nice to be invited out. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, just just getting in a cab. Like hey, you want to go see this? Sure. Hey, you want to go to the bar? Sure. You know, like, oh, I think, you know. But, of course, my, my mentality is like, oh, she doesn't want to, you know. <laughs> she must be a lesbian if she doesn't take my number. Um, Did she take your number? <laughs> uh, I mean, she got my email address because we I sent her the pictures and stuff like that. Have you been but, talking to her? Uh, well, she hasn't gotten back to me. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, I was, once again, it was a friendly interaction and stuff like that, you know. But. But I didn't get a thank you, and I'm a little upset about that. But you know, c'est la vie. Uh, I won't get deep into that. But I mean, the, the first part of the night was pretty fun, pretty cool. Uh, okay, so 2019, yet another banner year. Uh, met up this year, of course, with Matt, my usual uh, photographer, and then we had a new member of the team, uh, Varun. What's his mm-hmm. uh, what's his what's his Twitter handle? Uh, uh Vlord GTZ. The Lord GTZ, and he's the younger guy, and I, I know I'm the, I'm the elder statesman, I'm the old fart, uh, because as wonderful as New York Comic Con is, they have a lot of events outside mm-hmm. outside of the Jacob Javits Center, and you know uh, it's enough, it's an, it's taxing enough getting there and doing all the stuff to do at Jacob Javits Center without having to walk 20 blocks to go to the Madison Square Garden. <laughs> You I'm know. making Chris do it go again next month, so there you go. Yeah, I mean, as I say, it's like, you know, like, uh, so there were things, he was able to get coverage, because, you know, within, I mean, you, yes, okay, 10 blocks is kind of walking distance, like I said, it's half a mile, but when you've been on your feet all day at Comic-Con, you don't want to walk, and then mind you, it's 10 blocks there, and then 10 blocks back, you know, when all is said and done, when you're done doing Shit, I would love doing. that, that'd be burning so many fucking calories, I'd be in my, yeah, well, I have to it depends it. on how, like, what I was doing that day, too, because that con is so fucking busy, yeah. it's like, and it's crowded, and you got the, ca- uh, and you have your camera equipment, and the tripod, and, I mean, don't be wrong, I have I have a fucking blast, but I mean, I'm sort of like I told. I, I mean, I've kind of unofficially told Paul that anything that's in, in Javits Center, I'll cover. But I'm not going to go to the Hammerstein Ballroom. I'm not going to go to Madison Square Garden. Uh, they now they call it the Hulu Theater. There was a, there's a theater connected to Madison Square Garden. Back in the day, they used to, it used to be called the Paramount Theater. Now I guess officially it's the Hulu Theater. So the cool like, and they had a lot of cool. Sh- Hulu had a lot of cool fucking shit going on this year, but it's at the Hulu Theater. I'm like, I don't want to fucking have to walk ten blocks to get there, do whatever coverage, and then walk ten blocks or spend money for a fucking cab to go to the fucking Hulu Theater. And I mean, it's a it's a good problem to have whatever like i'm glad that it's 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 such a big entity that they can have events outside of jacob javits but it's also like jesus christ <laughs> now now you feel like i do see like that that's the thing that i was saying like i, I liked going one year and like i would i'll probably do it every once in a while mm-hmm. but the problem is is like new york comic-con is just like you know if it was just in the javid the jacob javis center Javis, i'm sorry javis J- J- javis 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 yeah javis so the if it was there if it was there all and nothing else great like anime nyc which you're going to be going to like that's just going to be there great wonderful don't have to worry about anything else but for them to have like an event here and here and here and and luckily wherever wherever they had um anime fest this year was i think it was closer wasn't it it was was. closer yeah i mean i'll be honest with you i i heard not so great things but but that's secondhand knowledge because because yeah you know and and my days i mean i i I was trying my best and 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 we got a lot of good interviews and we're releasing them slowly and stuff like that but you know you stay busy and then like you know and once again i don't want (laughs) to 
I don't want to fucking leave the Javits. It's sort of, you know, you're already under. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, that's that's kind of my same mentality is I I don't want to, you know, I really liked having everything in just I like when a con has everything in one place, like, you know, but and this isn't this isn't and I know you hate when I say this, but it, this isn't Atlanta. This isn't where you can go through hotels and get mm-hmm. to a, a subway. It's like the hamster trail. To- <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, and then it's very easy. So you're not walking as much. Yeah. Whereas New York City, you get off of subway, you're still walking, what, maybe a half a block to to the center there. And then, you know, if you got it, if you're going to go somewhere else, you have to take a fucking uber that because you don't want to fucking walk all that way most of the time and it's like you know you end up spending more money than what you even intended on you know what i mean so yeah. it's, then, it's a lot the, better and the pool like even the uber pool like last year was it was relatively inexpensive and even this year it was like uh, not double but damn near double what it was last year and and and, and hoping an uber does that thing where like if it's a if it's high traffic in the area they they jack up the price and they do it well, on they purpose. They shut down the train too, right? Yeah, the the seven train. Um, if uh, I did a little research, and from what I understand, the seven train will never ever work on the weekends. It's just something that the the MTA does, and it's so fucked up. You know, Thursday and Friday. You know, if you wanted to, the train takes you right there, right across the street, and then on the weekends, yeah. it's just fuck you. It's never ever ever going to work as of right now. And you would think, literally, literally. Tens of thousands of people are coming to this one area. You would think, you know, they they put a, you know open a train to facilitate that. But yeah. you know, I guess since things are close enough around where they still get, you know, it, it's funny. Like we've all fucking we we're all like beaten fucking horses. Like you know, like we, we've we've accepted the fact that it's just not going to work. So they're never gonna they're never gonna give us the seven train, which is and right. that's and and again, like you know, I'm not trying to hate on New York City, but it's like it's like Atlanta, it never stops. New York City, they're like, no, fuck you, we're rich, we don't want these trains running. Like, I don't get it. I I don't get it. Like, do you know how much they would be making if they had those trains open? Like, they'd be making a shitload of fucking money. And this is just New York Comic Con that they're doing it at. Like, for that event alone, it should be open, even if you're not opening it every single weekend. It just doesn't make any fucking sense to me. And that was one of my frustrations, too, the year that I went. Because it's just like, how in the fuck are you supposed to get from where you live to there... But then, oh, but the the train will take you this far, and then you get on the bus, and that's free. Like, um, I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I, I don't get it. I'm like, I, I just, I, I don't understand. I, I, uh, I just don't, I, I don't. No. Which, which is why I was just paying for Uber because it's, I mean, and, and once again, you know, look, this is something, the one thing I do out of the year, you know, this is my version of vacation and stuff like that, and it's like. For the fucking, you know, like if it, let's just say it's cost $19 one way, but you know what it is that $19, it's not fucking having to get on the subway, not having to deal with the crowds, yeah. you know, or I mean, you still have to deal with the traffic, but you know, it's sort of, you know, almost door to door. And you're like, what is my time worth? What is my, you know, what is, you know, what is the, what the headache worth? You know, it's like, I, like, you know, if, when you're sitting on a subway, if you said, look, I'll give you another $10, just fucking get me there now. <laughs> so, so. I, I, I kind of, I, I sometimes wish that like Rochester was kind of like that. Like, I mean, not Rochester, like NYC was kind of like Rochester where it was very easy to just take like a, like a, a train or something. Not a, not a train, but like take your car and that down there and then you wouldn't even have to worry about shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's big money, big money. <sighs> I just, right. I just wish that they would, you know, they would just figure that out because it, it, it just doesn't make any sense to me, honestly. And not everybody can get a hotel that's like a mile away. Yeah. So. And the hotels that are a mile away are fucking $400 a night. You know? Exactly. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So. 
All right, so let's get to the nerdy stuff. As as so, once again, Varun was there with his brother. So Varun, being the younger guy with all the energy, who hasn't been defeated by life yet, <laughs> he had the energy to go to all these crazy panels that were outside of. And my uh, loyal subject, you forgot that part. Oh yeah, oh, I'm just saying, you know, I mean, and uh, what's and uh, and from what I understand, he had a blast, you know. But you know, like I'm just turning to an old cynical bastard. Uh, so you know, uh, he was able to handle a lot of stuff outside of the 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 usual. Uh, and then the funny thing is, like our very, the, I think the very first panel that we all met up at was at the uh, Chris Sabat Sean Schimmel panel. And it's funny because it wasn't, it wasn't an official Funimation thing. It wasn't an official Dragon Ball Z. It's just sort of like, hey, we're fucking so famous that we could have our own fucking panel. Because it, it wasn't. Uh, yes, there were people there from Funimation. There were people there from DBZ, and there was sort of like their monitor. But it was not. It was just like, hey. We're just gonna sit and talk to the fan, you know, and and which you know was was pretty awesome on their part. They didn't have to fucking do it. Nope. Uh, I mean, of course, you know, it's it's good for the product, but I mean, you know, it was fun. Those guys are always, uh, you know, when it when it's when a time comes for them to turn it turn it on, they turn it on, and you know that's the reason they've been doing the job for the past you know twenty plus years, uh, doing it, and and you know, and once again, you know. Obviously, the big joke here is I'm not the biggest anime fan, but but like I know them, I've met them so many times, and seeing them on stage, you know, it's even not being an anime fan or being like the, like the slightest fan that I am, I still fucking enjoyed myself. It's, it's entertaining to watch those two uh, come up on stage. Now, so you know, fandom being fandom, <laughs> so, being the way it is. Okay, so so they brought this one girl up on stage, and and you know, without without being too judgmental or anything like that, the girl was a little slow. Let's just, you know, let's just put it like that. And, you know, and that's that happens every fandom, you know. And so the girl was talking. And then, like, she had mentioned, oh, yeah, I just came from DerpyCon, which I had never heard of, but it's called DerpyCon. And she goes, and and Vic Mignogna was there. And, like, she couldn't even say his name. She was like, Vic Mignogna, whatever. The-. And the fucking room gave, like, an audible gasp. Because, like, <gasps> because you know, obviously, with, I mean, there was Funimation people and stuff like that. No one was really going to discuss it or whatever. You know, they're yeah. not, they're not gonna put themselves out there and, and take it. And, and this girl, she wasn't trolling. She wasn't trying to be rude, but you know, she was happy to see another person was a part of the show. But you know, for, for pretty much everyone else in the room who understands that this is a very sensitive subject, the fucking room went like, <gasps> to hear like, you know, 200 people go, <gasps> you know, um, but then the funny thing is she was telling her story and it almost looked like she was about to ask about him. Nothing about controversy, just talking about, she was just talking about him. But then like she kept talking and luckily <laughs> for the, <laughs> for the sake of everybody in the room, she, she kind of changed the subject on her own without them having to, you know, do some verbal gymnastics and get the hell out of that way. Uh, but it was funny to, you know, to hear two, three hundred people go, <gasps> Well, that was pretty fucking funny that you mentioned um, uh, Vic McNyanya. Um Yeah, know. that situation is over with, thank God. Yeah, uh, you know, so, you know, the usual um, upstairs in the press area. Um, I think the year you went, you know, they've moved the press area. And, and once again, it, it's funny, like, where I'm talking shit, but understand, I'm having the time of my life here. But they pushed the press area to, like, this tiny fucking area with maybe, like, 20 tables and, like, without, without enough chairs at the table. Like, they, that was that would, would be one of my complaints this year with the press area was that, like, there wasn't enough chairs. I think every single time I went to the press area, I literally just sat on the floor because there wasn't enough chairs for everybody. Um, they really pushed. They, they like if you remember the whole up 
upstairs area, 25% of that was dedicated to press, and the other 75% was dedicated to cosplayers. And, like, they were literally setting up, like, seating areas and, and air, you know, places where people can give, uh, like, panels about cosplay. And don't be wrong, and it's, it's fun and it's cool, and cosplay is part, is a large part of Comic-Con. But, you know, you just, you're just trying to get to the press area. But there's people trying to take a picture of, you know, Wolverine, and people trying to take a picture of fucking, you know, yeah. and, and Boba Fett, and all this, and it, and so like, I mean, it was cool, but it's also like when you when you're in a hurry or when you're just like you're like, you get the fuck out of my way, <laughs> saying like, you know, move, you know, move Thor Lebowski, <laughs> I gotta get to the fucking press area, and so. Uh, they kind of compressed the press area yet again this year. Like every year, the press area gets smaller and smaller. Gets and smaller. smaller and smaller. Yep. Um, but you know, ran into the the, the real life Peter Griffin, and I did, so that was kind of cool. Um, I was able to walk a little bit of the floor this year. You know, never get I you know I've never to this day have had a chance to walk the whole floor. Uh, but the little bit I walked, you know, past the Hasbro booth where they had you know that six hundred dollar Unicron uh, from the nineteen eighty six movie. That it was like a, it was a they started a Kickstarter for it, but they had kind of really outrageous expectations. They they were they were looking to sell these six hundred dollar Unicrons, but they wanted their goal was to sell five thousand of them. You know, five thousand. I mean, and don't be wrong, I love Transformers, and there's I think there's plenty of Transformers fans throughout the country, but you were expecting five thousand people to. Sp- to spend six hundred dollars, you know, for for and don't be wrong, it's gorgeous and it's huge and it's a like it's like a masterpiece kind of thing that you know you would put in your house and put it in a display and shit like that. But you know, dude, five thousand people don't have that kind of money just kicking around for this exquisite fucking thing, you know. If one person buys it for that price, they think they can sell it. And I'll be honest with you, they probably at least sold half of them. Oh yeah, no, no. And the whole thing is, from what I understand, they, I think they. And once again, I'm using five thousand as an example. I don't know the exact number, but it was a high number like that. They got close to their goal because um, I follow this guy. His name is Flint Dill. And if you're if you're a fan of the original cartoon, like he was like um he was a he damn near wrote every episode of Transformers. Or he was involved when he was involved with uh, the original like the first two seasons of Transformers. His name is damn near on every single episode. If he didn't write the episode by himself, he wrote it with he wrote an episode with somebody else. And this is a guy who hung out with Paul Dini back in the day. You know, Paul Dini he went out to do Batman the animated series. Um, yep. Uh, um, there's like one other person that you know. I think I think he hung up with guys who did like you know uh, He Man and shit like that. You know, and it's funny to you know them. You know, he's talking about these guys. He's talking about Paul Dini. Like Paul Dini's his homeboy, and you know these guys. You know, Transformers and Batman the animated series are two of the biggest fucking cartoons from the '80s and '90s. You know, um, so uh, Flint Dill was talking about like he, you know he was. I guess you know, there was a there was a not that he was gonna get a chunk of change, but had the Unicron pro I don't think it was officially funded. Um, but had the project had been funded, Hasbro was gonna grab him and say, look, you know, since you wrote, since you helped write the movie and you helped write the first two seasons of Transformers, you know, to help push the Unicron, we're gonna hire you and 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 you know you know you're gonna give input into how we market it and shit like that. So I don't think they hit their goal, but they got damn near close. Um, but I mean that was kind of a lofty goal, man. <laughs> it was like that was, they were fucking shooting for the fuck. Moon on that one. Um, okay, I think our next panel was the Big Mouth season three panel. Uh, Netflix it was pretty. Netflix were were really good to us this year. Um, but it was a weird panel because it was a it was like a press conference style where all the actors sat at one table and like the rest of us kind of just stood in the around the room asking them questions. Yeah, that's what we call that. a that's what we call a press panel. Yeah, and so I mean. Uh, I'm so used to doing roundtables or and and just one-on-one interviews and stuff like that that 
the press press panels, you know, I don't particularly like them, but I mean, no, you know, I don't either. It was it was kind of interesting. Now, one thing I got to say is, and it was, um, you know, Nick Kroll. Um, there's another one, not Jenny Slade. It's a, it's another woman who does voices. Um, uh, Nick Kroll, Jason Manzukis, and uh, no, yeah, it was Nick Kroll, Jason Man- Manzukis, and this other girl who does voices. Andrew Goldberg wasn't. I think he was there this year, but he was at the that the, the big panel because they had they had a big panel at the in the main room. Um, but it's funny how like last year the big mouth panel was like in this little fucking shitty side room, you know, like big panel. Like I mean, big mouth was 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 big, but it wasn't at the level that it is today. So it's funny how like last year it was a room where anybody could just walk in and shit like that, <laughs> and uh, this right. year it's fucking you know they 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 had the main stage for a thing. Um, and then on the main stage, you know. Later on that night, they they previewed an episode from season three. Um, obviously since then, since Comic Con ended, I because they were literally dropping season three that night. Like we were watching it Thursday, and then Friday, like Friday at midnight, Friday at three o'clock in the morning, uh, season three started. So since then, I've watched it. Uh, for anyone who's seen season three, it's the episode where they go to Florida, and it's pretty funny, you know, talking about like you know how Florida is just all rednecks and low lives and shit like that. Um. So that was pretty cool. So, okay, at the press panel, it was funny because it was almost like a joke where there was a person from Netflix that was sort of pointing the people out on who can ask the question and stuff like that. And, you know, I mean, you know, they're a press person and, you know, press people kind of always have a stick up their ass. That's their job. Um, so this poor girl at our table just kept getting overlooked, overlooked, overlooked. Like they just would not pick on her. And it's not like she didn't look, she had an attitude and like she was going to ask like a stupid question or anything like that. But it's just, she just wasn't aggressive enough. You know, like, a, you know, press people were hungry. We're a little fucking, you know, we're a bunch of sharks in a tank. We're going to fucking take what we can. And she's sitting there. And then one thing I do have to say, Jason Manzoukas, do you know that actor? Like he's, he's on, he's on a lot of fucking shows. He's like, he's on The Good Place. He's on, you know, he, he's, he's the one, he, I know it's going to sound weird. He looks like Osama bin Laden. <laughs> You know, he's, he's kind of dark. I'm just saying, is he, he's dark skinned he, he, he grows his beard out. He, you know, uh, but he kind of hangs out with Nick Kroll and stuff like that. You know, he runs with that crew. Um, but I mean, I, I say that, let me just uh, phrase it with this is that he was the one nice enough for like at the end of, towards the end of the interview, uh, towards the end of the panel, like he stopped everybody. He goes, he goes, this girl's been raising her hand for every, every time it was time to ask a question, this girl's been raising her hand and, and they've never seen some pick on her. And he goes, I'm going to stop here right now because I want to know what kind of question she, she has. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, he made a joke about it, stuff like that, but he was cool enough and he was paying attention enough to the, to the press because it almost became like a joke how this girl kept getting passed over, passed over, passed over. And he was like, I want to know what she has to say, <laughs> whatever. So, I mean, you know, that was much props to him because he didn't have to fucking do that. You know, he, you know, and, and he was paying attention enough to the room. So I, I like he gets extra cool points in my book, uh, Jason Manzoukas. Um, then at the, uh, big mouth in the, in the presentation in the big room, they, they did not want, like they had fucking security walking up and down. Like you couldn't have your cell phone out when they were showing the Florida episode. Like, you know, they had the fucking Jacob Javits security, which is a bunch of, a bunch of old people, uh, walking around. Put your phone of course away, put is. your phone away. Um, so, uh, so there was that. And then they started giving out, uh, well, at, at each chair, uh, for the foam fingers, you know, like people they have, it was the shocker or, you know, two in the pink, one in the stink. It was the shocker foam hand for season three. And of course, you know, three fingers for the shocker, which also, you know, two fingers as two strangers and the one podcast. So, of course. <laughs> 
so they had those. So like, of course, there, there were some there were some empty Caesar armies. I I stole like <laughs> I have like four or five of them, um, which I'll probably be selling soon on eBay. Um, okay, and then uh, one announcement they did make is that even though they're doing season three, they've been renewed up to season six for Netflix. And then what they're gonna do is on the last season for the fans of the show, you know, there's the, the hormone monster and the shame wizard and 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 the depression kitty and you know for all those uh, like not imaginary characters but for all those like you know characters that are obviously like you know in the ether or whatever uh the last season or the uh, season six is going to be a new a whole new season called human resources so if you if you've watched the show and there's a you know they they the kids go into the world of the hormone monsters and stuff like that they're doing a whole they're doing a whole season in that world and it's called human resources so uh, that's gonna be pretty interesting. Uh, let me see. There was Neil deGrasse Tyson talking about like elements of pop culture, you know, like adamantium and uh, uh, shit. What does Black Panther have? Um, <laughs> vibranium and all this other shit. So there was this, it was just a whole. Uh, you know, he Neil deGrasse Tyson has his podcast called Star Talk. Um, oh, okay. So then Thursday night there was the Titmouth party. Well, which once again I reached out to Jody Shaver. I was like, please, 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 I want to go to the party so bad or whatever. And then like he he he, you know, he emailed a couple people. <laughs> I was able to get my ass in the door and you know and you know that's because they have titmouth studios in new york city and so you know i was able to you know at the gate and i go no i'm here to see so and so and such and such and okay come on in and uh but it's funny how like last year like the party went late like the last year the party went to like one two o'clock in the morning uh this year i think i think because you know because the funny thing is yeah i'm looking yeah it's a party in a in in an artist studio but it's also in an office building. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you know when they have the, when they had the party, it's like music playing, and it's like a, it's a, it's literally a party. Uh, Chris Pernowski and he had a fucking bullhorn. He's like, all right, everybody, we're gonna party till ten o'clock, and then we're gonna take it down to down to rock to like an actual bar. <laughs> he was like, I guess you know after not that last year was like a crazy party, but I guess sort of just to, to avoid a lot of headache, you know, just move, they they moved the party like three blocks down to a bar, and so and the bar was cool stuff like that. It wasn't really my scene. Cause like, since it's like a hip New York bar, like they play like a lot of like music I'm not into and shit like that. But cause I mean, it was, that's, that was another thing is that, you know, it was nice and it was cool, but like last year at the party, I was able to talk to people. This was like a bar with music blasting. So like, unless you're literally standing elbow to elbow to person, you really can't fucking hear what the fuck anybody's saying. So like, I enjoyed myself, but you know, I, I pre- kind of preferred last year when they had the party still in the, but then again, you got people walking around with fucking alcohol and they also have fucking $5,000 tablets that people animate on. So <laughs> you know, to keep people from, I guess, spilling their drinks on the tablets and stuff like that. But once again, still a fucking blast. Met a couple of cool people, uh, who work for Titmouse. Um, then I went, uh, this all sort of bleeds together. I went to, uh, there was a booth uh, for a thing called Legion M, which is, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a community where they do, uh, fan related movies and they like, they basically, you know, they get people to like, when you join Legion M, obviously you, you throw a couple bucks in and they sort of kickstart their own movies. And as an example of like stuff that they're doing, um, they, they did a movie, they're doing a movie about how HR Giger the artist who created like Alien, and they're sort of doing a documentary about how he came up with his his designs for Alien, and how he met up with uh, what's his face, um, the director of, of Alien. Um, shit, I forgot the guy's name. Uh, <laughs> uh, fuck, I can't believe I'm dropping. I can't believe the old guy. But you know, it's, it's a whole documentary about how how the artist who created all the Alien designs, and if you follow art at all, you know he has a bunch of art elsewhere and stuff like that you know, how he came up with it and stuff like that and, and collaborating with the studios to make and how, like, the original designs look nothing like what ended up in the movie 
and stuff like that, and all these crazy reject. Because you know the the, the H.R. Giger is uh, he was a he's a crazy German guy, and he likes to draw things that look like dicks and pussies and stuff like that. And that's why like the alien's head looks like a big long dick, and how like the mouth on the face huggers look like a, looks like a pussy and stuff like that. So. Um, so they're doing a documentary. Oh <laughs> so they're doing a documentary about that, but then they also they were also involved later on with the Giant Silent Bob reboot movie. So I was talking to the girl, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, so I already got my ticket." So they had in the movie part of the Jane Silent Bob reboot is a fake Comic Con called Chronic Con, uh, where fans who liked the Jane Silent Bob movie, you know, in that universe from Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, uh, they did a Blunt Man and Chronic movie. Well, in this universe or whatever, I guess for the past ten years, uh, fans of the movie have started their own comic-con called chronic-con and so she had all these lanyards with uh with passes on them for chronic-con and and when you watch a scene you know there's a couple hundred people walking around and she goes these are screen used these are from the actual set of the movie that people wore on screen and i said look you know i bought three tickets you know and because uh, she goes oh you can and i'm like i bought three tickets can i get three of them <laughs> and i, I kind of you know finessed her into giving me more than just one uh so i grabbed a couple of those uh screen used and you know and i'm such a big you know kevin smith fan and stuff like that that that's you know that that's not a you can't just buy that in a store so that was pretty cool. Um, let me see. So then, uh, all right. Then there was the there was a DC Nation panel. Uh, you know, talking about all the DC comics, and you know, they understand that like how people are sort of getting a little. Uh, you know, every couple of years they do the reboot. You know, they, they you know they they had the fifty two, then they had the new fifty two. Then they had the rebirth, like DC Comics. Every couple of years, they kind of restart everything because, you know, as new fans come in, uh, new fans get a little frustrated with, like, you know, when when you're trying to watch, you know, get into Batman and Batman's on issue 600, you know, how how much can you get into it if if you know you're getting into issue 600? There's all these, uh, so they they do these reboots to sort of like placate the new fans, but now they've decided to embrace the whole like multiverse uh, aspect of it all, and they're weaving together together like a giant universe which includes every reboot that they've done every every time they've started from scratch again and it's going to be a whole thing so and they showed like the timeline and it's <laughs> like you need like a fucking like a spreadsheet to fucking understand what the fuck's going on but i think it's smart enough and cool enough that they're just you know it's not like they're flushing history down the toilet whenever they 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 do a reboot or whatever but um you know they're sort of embracing that whole thing um all right let me see what else during my interviews, I was backstage, uh, ran into, not ran into, but he was kind of standing out, Chris Jericho from, and now he's promoting the AEW wrestling and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I you know, I kind of finessed my way up to him, like, hey, look, you know, and I haven't seen AEW at all, <laughs> but I was like, hey, man, I'm really digging AEW. And, you know, and he does Foz, you know, he has a band called Fozzie and he has a podcast called, you know, Talk is Jericho. And I'm like, I love Talk is Jericho. I like Fozzie. As you know, do you mind if I take a picture? And he's like, oh, it's cool. So the funny thing is a little earlier, and I'll talk about that in a second, I was doing a, a press room for, there's a show coming up on Netflix called Daybreak. And so, uh, after the press room, they were taking photos, and so he, so he was like, "Oh, what is this about? What is what? Who are those people?" So like, I got to talk to Chris Jericho for you know a good couple minutes about the show Daybreak. I'm like, "Oh yeah, I just left the press room, and it's a show about you know these kids that are you know uh, a bomb goes off and it kills like all the adults. It's like a it's like a weird chemical weapon bomb that's specifically designed to kill all the adults, and 
all these kids survive and how they go to high school and but it's but since all the adults are dead it becomes like this weird funky Mad Max world where like all the jocks have become like a gang and and they wear fucking you know they wear sports equipment but they but they become like uh, like a murderous gang and like the cheerleaders have uh, they call cheerzons or like the Amazon cheerleaders and then like there's the 4H club where like they grow the vegetables they also grow weed and uh, and uh, the principal on the show was played by Matthew Broderick who I got a chance to take a picture with and stuff like that you know ferris bueller's day off and the show in and of itself which is based on a comic uh the main character always used to talk to the screen you know way before deadpool and all these other fucking movies you know ferris bueller was one of like a character that was known back in the day for breaking the fourth wall so it, it was like really interesting that way back when they started this comic you know 10 15 years ago uh that they got you know where the guy the character's kind of ripping off ferris bueller they actually got the guy who played ferris bueller uh to, to be a part of the show and then like and i wasn't familiar with the comic so i'm like oh you know do we see you doing action scenes he goes he goes i die in the beginning (laughs) he gets killed by like corn or rice or some shit like that you know and he's like i don't know how much i'm supposed to reveal but i got i got killed and it was interesting because that was saturday and then that night it was that saturday night matthew broddick was on uh saturday night live but he's from new york so he's you know him being in town was was he's always in town because he's from new york He's a New York guy. All right, give me a moment as I take a break. Take a. No, sorry about that. Okay, and so I, I so I took that selfie with Chris Jericho, and so once again, this 900 year old security guard. You know, you know, as I like Jacob Javits, but their security aren't exactly the sharpest tools in the shed. She's like, I saw you take a picture with him, and and you got a press pass and all that, but you ain't supposed to be taking no pictures with the. And I'm like, and I'm like, look, I'm sorry, you know, I apologize. I t- I saw an opportunity and I took it, and I don't mean any disrespect. And and I was talking to him and him, and I and he seemed and I. I asked him first and he seemed cool with it yeah but don't let it happen again i was like all right i'm sorry man <laughs> who was it uh chris jericho no i mean who who is the person yelling at you oh, a security guard just one of the people in the back well, fuck that bitch so, that's what I'm saying. i mean I, I took a picture of chris jericho when him and i were talking and then like i said look you know is it cool if i take a selfie and chris jericho sure you know and he goes that's the funny thing i guess i was like i said i i, I, I listened to, which i do i have listened to episodes of talk as jericho I said, I listened to Talk as Jericho. I love Fozzie. You know, I was embellishing a little you bit. fucking suck up. When I said, but I mean, you know, I, I've liked Chris Jericho from, you know, wrestling, you know, and Y2J when he was WWE. So I wasn't exactly lying. I was maybe stretching the truth a little bit. And he goes, and he goes, wow, you're a fan. <laughs> he said, that was kind of funny. He goes, wow, you're a fan. But I mean, I also spoke to him. I, I talked to him about Daybreak. So if you ever watches Daybreak, you, you know, I was the guy that kind of hipped him to what's going on here. Uh, but like I said, so I walked away from the area. And then, like, the security guard, I just, she saw me, like, once I walked a little bit away, she says, come here, yeah, you're not supposed to be taking no pictures with the celebrities. And, other. and you know, I said, look, I, I, I saw an opportunity and I took it. I'm sorry, you know. And I, and I asked, I, but I said, I did ask him for, for permission. I didn't just whip out my phone. And, uh, but, you know, and I guess she's doing her job because we're, we're there doing press and I wouldn't, yes, you were not supposed to be just trying to get uh, pictures, uh, selfies with celebrities. Um, so, yeah, so then, once again, we did Daybreak panel, which looks pretty good. Um, by the time this episode comes out, it comes out on the 24th, if I'm not mistaken. So, um, check out Daybreak on, on Netflix. And now the highlight of the weekend, the main, main, uh, <laughs> the thing that made my weekend, you know, you know, a couple years ago I was meeting, uh, you know, William Shatner, uh, you know, getting on a TV show with uh, Jack and Triumph, uh, you know, giving getting a hug from uh, Tara Strong and stuff like that. This year's highlight was a one Miss Rosario Dawson. Uh, while we were, uh, you know, they were promoting uh, Wonder Woman Bloodlines. And, you know, 
go back and follow the history of the show, uh, you know, for years we've been saying that the DC animated movies are fucking awesome. And pretty much, you know, for the past couple of years, Rosario Dawson has been playing the voice of Wonder Woman, uh, which, you know, I would love to see Rosario Dawson in a fucking Wonder Woman movie. You know, uh, I'm pretty sure a lot of people wouldn't like that. But, you know, even if she wasn't, she wasn't necessarily, even if she was playing along with Gal Gadot, like she doesn't have to be Wonder Woman, but she looks like she can be an Amazon. You know, she's pretty and, and she's she's in shape. and, and uh, Just just have your nerdgasm now already. Okay. Yeah. So I think, you know, what had ingratiated uh, myself to her is that you know she's from the Lower East Side. I'm from the Lower East Side, and uh, her first movie that she got famous over was a movie called Kids. And I don't know if you ever saw Kids, but it's a fucking wild fuck. It, it's a it's a it's a it's it's fake, but it's it looks like it's filmed like a documentary, and it's about mm-hmm. kids hanging out Lower East Side, fucking doing drugs, smoking weed, doing whippets, riding on skateboards, all this shit, and. The area that, you know, that was the area I used to hang out around Washington Square Park, Tompkins Square Park. She grew up around Tompkins Square Park. So I was like, look, I said, I'm class of 95. She's two years younger than me. So she's like class of 97. And I'm like, you know, I'm class of 95. I hung out Lower East Side, Washington Square Park all the time. I said, when I saw kids, that was like a fucking documentary. That was like a real documentary for my life. And, you know, and so, you know, so I had my mustache. And she started playing with her mustache, and and you'll see in the interview, you know, and she was so fucking nice and so fucking cool. And of course, you know, I was able to, you know, uh, you know, do my job and <laughs> and ask her questions about the uh, Wonder Woman. But you know, I mean, this is someone from my neighborhood. This is someone who, you know, for all intents and purposes, we could have hung out in the same uh, circle of friends, which I'll get to in a second because another person I used to hang out with is uh, a famous artist with Marvel now. Um, so uh, that was the fucking highlight you know she, she touched my mustache she gave me a hug she was like you know all cool and shit like that with me and it's sort of like you know and i think because you know she could reckon you know you reckon and then like i said you know my name's when i introduced myself in an interview i said you know it's chris cologne said, oh chris christopher cologne like you know she that's a very spanish fucking name and shit like that you know Cristobal cologne and all this shit so you know it, i don't know it, it, it felt like meeting someone that you've known for you know if we came from the same you know we came from the same tribe you know we come from the same people you know it felt like i was meeting like a cousin or something like that you know i mean a cousin, so, a cousin so what I you're saying fuck. is <laughs> what you're saying is is you're gonna support cory booker i get you okay wait what is it wait what because she's dating cory she's dating uh Cory Booker. Oh, well, no. Why would I want to support the guy that was having <laughs> sex with the girl that I wanted to have sex with? And I, I, I mean, I heard through the grapevine that she was mess. She at one point messed around with um, what's his face? Uh, the guy who has a show on 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 Adult Swim, the 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 black guy with the wild hair that he always he's always throws himself into a desk and shit like that. Andre, oh, Eric oh. Andre, Eric Andre. I heard I had heard she messed around with him for a little while also. Um, I don't know. Look, she's fucking gorgeous, and you know, and she's even prettier in real life. Um. But that was that was the fucking uh, that was the fucking highlight of 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 the of the of the whole fucking weekend. Like every year, something really fucking cool happens, and I think that was that was the thing this year. Um, and also part of these interviews, uh, there was another voice actress there who goes by the name of Courtney Taylor. Now, of course, you know that's that's not exactly an everyday name. But if, if anybody has ever played uh, Fallout Four, um, she's the voice of the main, and you you know. You choose, you make your character. You make your character if you want to be a guy or a girl or whatever. So if you choose the female character, Courtney Taylor is the character. And, you know, that's, you know, as you're, as you being the main character, she's has of all the female 
uh, voice actors in the game, she has the most lines. And I, and I believe, and I'm not exaggerating when they say that, you know, it was like 11, 111,000 spoken lines in that video game. So, I mean, you know, she, she, she put months in of work, you know, cause it's not, it's not like a TV show or it's not like a cartoon where, you know, you come and you do one line and that's it. She's, she had to do, you know, for all the branching storylines and DLC and all of this shit, you know, she had tons and tons of work. So, um, you know, for a person like me and I love Fallout 4, uh, you know, that was like, holy shit, you know, like I fucking, I love you, you know, I love your voice. I love, you know, and, and she's, a, and she's a pretty cool, I've, I've seen other interviews with her and she's pretty fucking fun. So it's Courtney Taylor. So I think, uh, you know, there's still a bit more to Comic Con to go, but let's, uh, take a break right here and we'll be back with more dick and fart jokes. Thank you. <laughs> This episode of Two Strangers, One Podcast is brought to you by Comics Etc. 1115 East Main and North Goodman at the Hungerford Building, door number 8. Find out more information at comicsetc.biz or like them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash comicsetc1. Did you ever see a film at such a young age it left you traumatized with cinematic wounds? Uh, necrophilia. Uh, uh, uh. It's a dead issue, man. Don't don't push it. Cinema PsyOps is a weekly podcast documenting an ongoing experiment on the mind of an unwilling test subject. No one should have to watch this movie. Oh, no one should have to watch this. No one should have to watch this movie. Surprisingly, it's not a topic that a lot of people really want to tackle. I'm shocked, prudes. I know, really. Right? the next sexual frontier that no one wants to explore. I am, in the most sincerest of senses, disappointed in it. It takes a powerful goddess like Connie, jam her arm down the monster's throat and kill it. Oh, I'm still tripping out over that. Even as a kid, I was like, I gotta find a girl like that. Every week, I, I get a new look of disappointment that I never thought I could get it's out of It's unimaginable. At 12 years old, you should not be watching this movie. Obviously. At 13, you should not be. 14, you should be. I'm not entirely sure even 17-year-olds should be watching this just because you're offended by something doesn't mean that you have the right to demand that it doesn't exist. Watching this film again, I had all of this like little nerd glee with everything Dude, that kept little history up. doll yeah, popping up absolutely. at you. So I totally loved this film. Hey, I know why you you know, couldn't see that. It's because your brain's warped watching this shit at 12 years old. Yeah, this is this is a rough movie. I told you ahead of time when we were getting ready to do it that it was. How be did a rough you watch movie. this shit at 12? Because physical wounds heal, cinematic ones don't. Listen to Cinema Psyops. And we're back. All right, Paul. So uh, still regaling us with stories of New York Comic Con. Um, See, so you're, you're forgetting one story that, well, not story for you, but, you know, while Chris is over here finessing with stars and everything, my staff member is over here getting breaking news. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I got to fuck with him because here's Chris is like, yeah, I'm going to this panel. Yeah, you know, I'm going to go to this panel. Here's my and I'm no, I'm over here going, yeah, dude, I missed some fucking news. <laughs> I'm, I'm there to do anime stuff. And and if it was, you know, if it was stuff in the in the in Jacob Javits. <laughs> And I know I feel like a, I feel like a fucking asshole, like when it comes to stuff like that. But it's sort of like, you know, I mean, like if you said, you know, and and we've done it in the past, you know, when when if if there was an interview off site, obviously yes, I'll be right there because you know interviews are, are are priority and stuff like that. And if it was an interview, like okay, you know, it was great meeting Rosario Dawson, obviously, and and I love it. But if you said Chris, you know, there's an interview at the exact same time as the, and I've, I don't know, it's not 
guaranteed I'm going to meet Rosario Dawson. And once again, in this particular situation, you know, I also ingratiated myself to her because, you know, we have we have sort of a shared history. Um, I, I sort of, you know, had you said at the same time, look, Chris, you know, during the, the, the DC Wonder Woman panel, uh, you know, I have an interview with such and such here, you know, at the anime part. I would have gone, you know, saying the anime stuff takes priority. And, and, and you know, it's just... You know, if, if 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 it's if it's not a direct interview, I'm gonna fucking go kiss celebrities' asses. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, this year, and it's just like it's so weird that like you know, usually we get a bit more interviews of yeah. anime people, which we did. Yeah. I mean, um, I'll get to that later. Uh, the the, it, the, the it big anime like, gets. It seems like everything it, for people that that listen to this podcast. The the funny thing is, is whenever we go to New York Comic Con, it's like everything happens at the last fucking minute. Like you know, all I literally started asking like these companies that are going. I'm like, hey, do you have anybody going? Do you want to? You know, can we set up some interviews? And by the way, you know, Chris had talked about uh, Chris Sabat, Sabbath, whatever you want to call it. Chris whatever. Sabat and Sean Chimel, yeah. Yeah. Um. We've interviewed them so many times that it's not a, there's not really a point to interview them yet again. So, yeah, um, yeah I'm pretty sure if we pushed the issue, we could have gotten to that interview. They, so, they've been I gracious mean, enough to, in the past, but I mean, you know, how many times can you hit yeah. that well? So, I mean, it, it's I mean, we we really I mean, if you think about it, we really didn't get as many interviews as we usually do, but. I think more or less like Matt, like Matt and Chris kind of got these on the fly, so to speak, because, you know, Funimation got back to me the last minute, as they usually do. And, you know, the problem with that is, is it's like, you know, when they get back to me last minute, it's usually in the middle of me being busy at work and then I can't get him questions. So then he's got to ask questions and it's just like, Oh my God, like anime NYC, we know who's going to be there. Um, we're probably going to get everything that we want. And I'm literally going to be able to be like, here, Chris, here's 500,000 questions for you to ask. Pick what you want. You know, so, you know, it, it, it does get a little frustrating. And I will I will point out that the panel where JoJo was announced, JoJo's mm-hmm. Bizarre Adventure, Golden Wind, which is uh, the fifth JoJo series, I believe, mm-hmm. or the fifth season, whatever you want to fucking call it. Um, they didn't – we didn't think – I didn't think it was going to be announced at the Shonen Jump panel, but, you know, because my guy likes, you know – manga he went to that panel and sure enough they announced it there so i was just like you know as usual when we first get the scoop boom i have it up on all of our news channels and well you know we jump 100 to 300 followers <laughs> so, nice. you know but then i had to give it to chris i was like so so where were you chris what were you doing <laughs> oh, oh i was at no 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 where were you what are you doing you don't get a cookie of a <laughs> i'll be like i'll be like you don't get a cookie V-Lord gets the cookie. <laughs> so Yeah, he uh, you know, he he did a good job this first year. I, I guarantee you next year he's going to want to go back again and stuff like that cuz Dude, I'm going to tell you something like V-Lord is like at, uh, he's gone to like what? Like five or six cons this year already and I'm like, "Dude, what are you doing?" <laughs> I'm like, "Where do you get this fucking money from?" His family's got to be loaded, man. I I I don't I don't get it cuz there's no way that this kid could afford all this shit cuz I certainly can't. <laughs> So, um, he's different priorities. He's not a dad. He's not a husband. He's not a, I mean, I don't know. To the best of my knowledge, I don't know if he's a dad or a husband or, or anything like that. So, you know, when you have that kind of disposable income, you know, fuck it, more power By to the way, enjoy yourself while you can. Free plug, free plug. If you want to hear V Lord, 
Um, he does the newest podcast that we have. It's called the Demon Slayer Podcast. Uh, look for that on all of your streaming podcast apps and whatnot. And yeah, you can listen to him there. So if you're curious at what he sounds like, he's probably better uh, better looking than um, <laughs> what's his name, Oscar. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, so. well, you know, I mean, and you know, maybe we gotta have him on one night or whatever to get like his uh, his tales of, of Comic Con and stuff like that. Because I I know Matt's Matt's not a big talker. Matt doesn't don't, like. Don't be stealing my people. Well, no, I'm just saying. Is you know, <laughs> you know, he he was joining us on his journey. We'd like mm-hmm. to hear his stories and stuff like that. You know, just instead of hearing me just fucking yam around for two hours. Hey, listen, uh, <laughs> Darrell wants to be on again. Go get Darrell first. <laughs> yeah. So one day we'll probably we'll hook it up. We'll have we'll have everybody on. Have a have a nice fun show. Um, but um, you know, so I mean, he had. I'm pretty sure he had a good time. I'm pretty sure he wants to go again last year. And yeah, and he got the scoops because he has the fucking energy and drive to go to the, the places that I don't want to go because, you know, it's fucking you know it is exhausting to go to these. Dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna get you in elsewhere. shape, man. You just got to come to the gym with me. We're we're gonna get you in shape. You're gonna be like all the girls can be like, oh look at that mustache, oh look at look at Chris's body, and then there you go, you'll get laid at NYCC too. Yeah, you don't have to worry about Rosario Dawson. I have my exactly <laughs> your own Rosario, Rosario Dawson. Dawson. <laughs> there you go. So, um, all right, and so uh, you know, uh, I, and I think at this part of my notes, we are kind of about halfway through Comic Con. Um, ran into, and it's funny, like I had mentioned earlier, I used to hang out at Washington Square Park and and all this other stuff. Uh, there was an artist there who I follow on social media who I haven't seen in person in years, and her, her name is Afua Richardson, A F U A Richardson, and she's done uh, covers and she's done comics for uh, she does a lot of cover work, but she's done straight up com you know the whole comic uh, for DC for Marvel and even in the Black Panther movie in the movie because um, she was doing Black Panther before the movie came out and. Uh, she had done a lot of research on like uh, West African cultures and stuff like that. So she brings in traditional artwork into her style. That being said, when when you see the um, on Black Panther, when you see the Okoye beads, when they have like symbols on them and stuff like that, the the black beads that have like the purple lit up symbols that stuff is i mean of course she she's basing it on west african art but um she updated it and stuff like that but when you see stuff in a black panther that's from her that's from her you know and they they let her know before they were doing the movie because and you know once you know you know when you work for these companies you sort of you know you you give your soul to these companies stuff like that and but but you know they told her that you know when, when we're using these symbols we're basing it off your work which she based off of you know she did her research and stuff like that so you know they they skipped the middleman <laughs> but hey you know i'm right. not who's fucking complaining and so you know and, and also you have the bragging rights that yeah you know those symbols that you see in fucking black panther that's based on my fucking work so uh she and i kind of ran with the same crew i mean we weren't friends like we didn't hang out all the time but we hung out in the same circle like like her best friend what well, her best i don't want to say her best friend but like you know one of her very 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 close friends um was a girl that i had a crush on years ago and that girl her that girl's i don't know, I, hate, I don't want to use the word baby daddy but you know that girl's baby's father kid's father i went to high school with. and we all all of us used to kind of hang out on the same crew and it's funny because like they ended up having a kid together and stuff like that the guy's an asshole i mean i love him to death cuz he's my boy but he's a fucking asshole and he's a bad he's a horrible father <laughs> but wow. that, but but that being said uh you know uh you know i had i had a crush on the, this other girl way you know when when they first him and i met the same girl on the same day and i had a crush on her but you know he's 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 i guess he's a more i don't want to say, he's definitely not a better looking guy but <laughs> basically but he got with her and they had a kid together but uh you know and it's funny like him and i met her the same day and stuff like that but i mean i just 
once again, it's all like soap opera bullshit, but you know, we all ran into the same crew and it's so weird that, you know, I mean, and I'm so fucking proud for her and I'm so glad she's fucking doing awesome. And, 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 and she's, you know, she's doing the whole comic con circuit. Cause you know, she's like in Baltimore comic con or she was this past weekend. Um, you know, and, and, you know, her, her, her name may not be fucking mainstream today, but you know, she's, she's, she's working her way up there and, and I'm super fucking proud of her. And it's like, you know, once again, another person, you know, as opposed to Rosario, Rosario Dawson and I, like, we kind of hung out in the same era. We, not, we never really hung out. But, like, this girl, Afua Richardson, like, you know, we fucking hung out. Like, she goes, she goes, I remember you. I'm like, yeah, you know, I know this and this person, this person, that. Oh, that's right. And and her and I, we've chatted on, on Facebook and stuff like that. But it's sort of, you know, she deals with so many fans and stuff like that that you know she doesn't you know it's hard to remember every single fucking person but you know i was kind of bringing up stories from oh yeah i remember this and that so um you know super fucking proud of her and then right next to her was uh the booth for dmc from run dmc and there's a there's a dmc comic book and 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 that's been out for a couple years and you know they there's new issues and additions and stuff like that but you know and it was also cool meeting run dmc and it's like you know my older brother and I, when we were kids, like when my family used to go on road trips and stuff like that, and my dad finally like let my brother like use the radio <laughs> or or you know be able to choose what music we listen to and stuff like that. You know, my brother always used to rock Run DMC. You know, Run DMC and, and the Beastie Boys were like shit that, that I grew up on. And it's funny because like I'm not into rap, I'm into more metal. But you know, old school Run DMC had they sampled a lot of you know they had guitar riffs and stuff like that in their songs. And so we, I got a chance to talk to him for a minute and stuff like that. So that was fucking super cool. Like meeting you know childhood hero i mean dmc is like you know uh, had you told me you know 15 20 years ago that i was going to meet him i would have said you're full of shit but you know it's such a uh, run dmc was such a chunk of my my childhood um let me see uh went to i went to a, a panel where they're doing rick and morty uh like official Dungeons and Dragons, like the people who do official Dungeons and Dragons, there's a whole like Rick and Morty campaign. And I think now they're even doing like a second edition, like they're doing even more of the further adventures of Rick and Morty. And so part of the panel was like, they played like a legit game, like in the hour that they were there, they played like a legit game of, of D and D of Dungeons and Dragons, but in the Rick and Morty universe, like, you know, but the same way there was monsters in Rick and Morty, it was, you would run, like you handle monsters in Dungeons and Dragons. So that was pretty fucking cool. So if you're into that and pretty much, I mean, if you're into fucking Dungeons and Dragons, you pretty much like Rick and Morty. So um, that was pretty cool. Uh, Dan Fogler, and uh, for those, and if that name doesn't exactly ring a bell, Balls of Fury. Um, he, was the, he was the guy from Balls of Fury. He was in the um, what's it, the Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. He was the heavy set guy in those movies. Um, mm-hmm. He did the movie Fanboys. Uh, surprise, and I it didn't it total surprise to me. He actually has a, 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 a not a cameo, but he has a small part in uh, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. I mean, excuse me, Jay and Silent Bob uh, reboot. Um, he was there, but dude, he lost a lot of fucking weight. Like, I, I didn't even recognize him. I passed by his booth because I knew he was going to be there and, you know, I was, I, like, I, I was following him but the funny thing is, like, I saw, I, like, I follow him on Twitter, but I haven't seen a picture of him recently. And, you know, I, or if I did, it didn't click in my head that I was looking at a picture of him. He lost a lot of fucking weight. Now, when I went, because I, first I passed by the booth and I saw him and I'm like, no, that's not him. That's his brother or something. Like, you know, he hired his brother to fucking handle his merchandise or something like that. Um, so then I turn around and I come back, but by the time I came back, he had actually walked away from the booth because he was stressed out because the girl said he must have lost something. So, like, when I was talking to him, he was kind of stressing about whatever the fuck he lost or whatever. So, like, I was, it was cool to talk to him, but, like, he could tell he was, he was not in the mood to fucking, you know, chat it up with a fucking fan. <laughs> you know, and once again, I wasn't mad at him or anything like that. You know, he was stressing out about something. But, like, you know, like, he looked stressed and he lost a lot of weight. I'm like, I hope he's okay. <laughs> you know, like, you know, I, I, I like a guy. Once again, you know, from a guy who was a, he was 
was a fat guy, you know, you know, he represents us, you know, he lost all this weight, you know, I was like, I hope you're, you know, hope you're healthy, I hope you're safe, I hope everything's cool with you, you know, I hope you're losing weight in a, in a nice, healthy, safe fashion. Um, but, you know, it was pretty cool. And he had, uh, he was, uh, part of one of the things he was selling was, he had contributed to this Megadeth, uh, you know, and I love Megadeth. Uh, they put out like this huge edition. It's a fucking like a coffee table book of comics. And they had different people take like songs from Megadeth and turn them into stories to like, like comic book stories, like a, like an anthology. And then the funny thing is that, you know, Megadeth had did that back in the day. They did that back in like 98, 99. And so it's, it's weird. Like I was telling them, like, oh yeah, there's, that's like when, and when they did that series, it was called Cryptic Writings. I'm like, oh yeah, that's cryptic. And like it was weird. It was like he had no idea what the fuck I was talking about. So I'm like, I, I don't know if I was like a dick, like, hey, you know what you're doing? They did that shit 20 years ago. <laughs> you know, like I'm the, I'm the asshole. Like, hey, you're not doing anything new. You're doing, and I mean, I'm, and I don't, I didn't say it like that, but I was sort of like, oh yeah, like the cryptic writings. And he looked at me and he like, he tilted his head. I'm like, yeah, cryptic writings where they had, you know, they had, they turned their songs into comic book, uh, you know, comic book stories and, and, and had it published like a comic book. And he didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. <laughs> but then again, I guess I'm such a fucking nerd that I know shit like that. Um, but that was cool. Um, then we did a panel for, um, there's a show, it's called Tacoma FD, but, uh, more, Famously, it's the guys who did the Super Troopers uh, one and two, and in particular the the two uh, the guys who played uh, Farva and Mac, and the, the actors' names are are Kevin Heffernan and Steve Lemmy. Now, mind you, you know anybody who's a fan of the Super Troopers movie, you know the the, the you know so much attention has been given to mustaches and stuff like that. So I you know I come into the panel. I have my handlebar mustache, rocking the handlebar mustache. And it's funny, the first thing they do is they both come over to me like, hey, what products do you use? <laughs> so it's sort of like this weird, you know, it's this weird bonding thing with, with guys or whatever, especially them that, you know, the, the mustaches are part of their personas in the Super Troopers movies. Uh, you know, what, uh, what, what, yeah, I use this thing called Honest Amish and it was all this, uh, this stuff. And that was a pretty cool interview. Uh, got to talk to, you know, a couple other guys from the show. And, and once again, I'm so out of it. I didn't even know. I didn't even know. Like Tacoma, we're doing a thing for Tacoma FD. They're 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 already they're filming season two now. You know, I'm over. I didn't even see season one yet. <laughs> you know, but I am a fan of the Super Trooper movies. So you know, when they're like, oh yeah, and, and people are asking them questions about stuff that's happening in, in season one, and I'm like, Ugh. I had my head up, head up my ass because I didn't know that there was a season one out yet. I thought this was for season one. Okay, so uh, that was kind of cool. So all right. I have I have a cool story here, and I hope I don't get anybody in trouble with this. All right, so we did the uh, the once again Netflix being really awesome with us. We did the uh, Lost in Space interview, uh, you know, and that that one was where it was a uh, you know they would have two actors come to the table, and everyone else is is sitting at the table asking them questions around the round table interviews. So um, and of course you know everybody on the show was cool, and and I really liked Lost and I really liked Lost in Space season one, and they were, they're filming season two now. Or, or they they have filmed and it's going to be released soon. And you know, right now they're I think they're in that phase where they finish filming, but there's so much special effects that right now everything is in uh, in post production as they call it. All right. So um, when they're interviewing the people before us, they had mentioned that they were filming in an area I believe it was up in Canada where it's so far the largest concentration of discovered dinosaur bones. All right. So. Um, then, you know, the guys had joked about, you know, that even though they're outside of the protected area, they said that they were literally like bones, just, you know, you'd look down on the ground and you think it's a rock and it's a fucking dinosaur bone. But since they weren't like in a protected area, the, the joke was, you know, oh yeah, you know, we're taking the dinosaur bones, you know, we're, we're you know, a couple, uh, you know, a couple ended up in my suitcase. And so, you know, and then we all laughed and stuff like that. So now they, the, the actors rotate out. 
and then the new actors rotate in and it's part you know parker posey and uh so the other interviewer if you watch the show the guy who plays don west uh, the spanish guy uh, on, on this version of uh lost in space you know he, he was talking about how they filmed season one and if you remember there's a there's a part where there's a saint christopher medal saint christopher being the patron saint of of travel ironically they get lost um and he goes oh yeah i took home the saint christopher medal so i said i said oh wow i said you know taking home the saint christopher medal taking home dinosaur bones and parker posey looks at me with the most dead ass serious face like i like you know i knew some insider fucking information she goes they told you about the dinosaur bones <laughs> So I wouldn't be surprised if somewhere down the line they find out that you know the the, the cast of Lost in Space and Parker Posey have fucking dinosaur bones that they took from like a protected area. And once again, I don't I don't want to get anybody in trouble, but I mean they there's just, there's there's ten people sitting around this fucking table. Every one of us has a recording device on. Um, but like I said, when I had mentioned the 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 Saint Christopher medal and then the bones, dead ass. She looks at me and she goes, "They told you about the dinosaur bones." So that was I was like, "That's funny." It, like I, it took her by surprise that I don't, you know, obviously I don't, she wasn't prepared to to answer like that. <laughs> so you know, and once again, I mean, you know, I, I don't think they're you know they're not going to sell it on a black market or anything like that. They probably took it home and put it on their fucking mantelpiece, you know. Which you know, quite frankly, I would do the exact same fucking thing if I had the opportunity. Um, so I thought that was kind of funny. Um, once again, Parker Posey, and the whole thing is like I just wanted to take a picture of Parker Posey because if my ex-wife trolls my trolls my page uh you know just because my ex-wife loved parker pose so, so like ah fuck you bitch look at that. I'm, I'm taking a picture with a girl you really really like um so <laughs> so a big fuck you to her um okay then there was uh margot robbie well when i say margot robbie actually the whole cast of birds of prey showed up to do interviews uh, not interviews uh showed up to do autographs but you had to win the fight i was had i known had I known that there was opportunity for a, lo- a lottery, I would have entered. I didn't know it existed, but they, they, and you see all these people crowding this area. And, but for the line to actually get to do autographs was protected and they had security guards and all this other shit. And of course, they, you know, everything is linked to your past. So even if I try to sneak in there, they would have zapped my past and fucking kicked my ass out of there. Uh, but Margot Robbie, I believe Rosie Perez, and a couple other people from the the Birds of Prey movie were there signing autographs, but like it was like it was a fucking like frenzy. Like I I couldn't get a I couldn't get a clear picture of her because everybody was sort of just like you know crowding the area. But I mean it just shows you that even with the fucking the star power of, of New York Comic Con that even Margot Robbie showed up and and they were promoting uh, uh, Birds of Prey. Um, it was funny. Did you ever see the movie Snowpiercer? No, I don't think so. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's 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 a movie. Now they're turning it into a TV show, and it's about like it's the future, and the world's climate's all fucked up. So there's like this one, tra- you know, the, sci- the super scientist built this train that like it goes on the tracks, and like the train has to keep moving, uh, you know, because even though the rest of the world is frozen, like if they if the train ever was to ever stop, they everyone on the train would freeze to death. But then like it's, so it's basically all of society is now on this train. Where like the rich people live in the front, the poor people live in the back, and uh, in the original movie it has um, what's his face, uh, the guy who plays Captain America, he's the he's the the main antagonist, the uh, protagonist of the movie, and there's fan theories out there that if you watch the movie, it's very much Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, where like even like the like the on the train there's a big W on it, and it's sort of like someone took Willy Wonka and and put Willy Wonka's in the Chocolate Factory in like the post-apocalyptic future and. You know, where like when he, when like, uh, Captain America meets the, the scientist in the front of the train, that is Willy Wonka. It's sort of like the kid going through, it's sort of like the kid going through, you know, uh, all the other people falling to the side while he goes, he makes it to the end to run the chocolate factory. So, um, so what happens is, is 
part of the promotion for this movie is they were giving out protein bars. And in the show, and if you watch the, the, the movie, I mean, uh, and I and I guess they talk about the show, you know, people, since, since sources or resources are scarce, they basically use like roaches and crickets and stuff like that. They eat bugs for protein, you know, because bugs, you know, they, they populate, you know, once you have, you know, they, they populate and you can grow a lot of them fast and stuff like that. It doesn't take much to feed them because, you know, roaches will eat shit or whatever. And then you could eat the roaches for protein. So they were actually giving out, uh, cricket protein bar, like chocolate and cricket. And then like, it literally has on, on the instructions, on the ingredients, cricket powder. <laughs> And so I got, I had to eat one. I said, fuck it. I had to eat one. And it's weird when you get the little bits stuck between your teeth, like, oh, it's fucking crickets. But I've, I've had a, a cricket energy bar, a cricket protein bar, uh, but it was, it was to promote, um, the Snowpiercer, uh, the TV show that's coming out now. Um, ran into real quick Ming Chen from, uh, comic book men and, you know, long-term listeners of the show. Oh, back, 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 back in the day, we were on, uh, an episode of Mike and Ming in the morning. So, uh, uh you know, the, there's a history there and it's funny, you know, and I kind of, I stopped him for a moment and we were talking for like a quick second because, you know, the girl that actually got us on the show, um, you know, we were kind of talking about her and stuff like that. And, you know, and he's so busy, you know, I, I follow Ming Chen on, on, on Twitter and stuff like that. And he like, he's all over the place. Like he's, you know, his life now is just going to comic cons and stuff like that. So, and doing, you know, and he, he has his own podcast studio. Like he, what he, what he did is he built an area where like, if you want to do a podcast, you could come to his studio and record your podcast there and they have streaming cameras and all this other shit. And then I guess part of the packages is like, you know, if, if you rent the studio, he'll, put it on his twitter page like he'll put it on his twitter feed so i was like oh yeah you know such and such people are recording in the studio right now so then you know so you can listen to on our facebook and stuff like that so you can follow so i was you know and i don't think we'll ever do that we kind of have our own little corner of the world here but you know if we ever wanted to but i think i think his is based in texas if i'm not mistaken and i think they they're, they're they've started to do one in jersey since, you know, the, the comic book stores in Jersey, but, uh, I, cause I think they did it in Texas cause the people that he, all, he invested in with the, the comic studio, the podcast studio with like guys that are like athletes and stuff like that, like NFL players and stuff like that. So, um, you know, they chose Texas cause, you know, I think the weather's always nice in Texas or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, for people who follow my Facebook feed, you know, I ran into my, my, my buddies who this year were cosplaying as men in black and it was like three black guys. <laughs> so like black men in black. Uh, but that was pretty, you know, it was pretty cool. Uh, they, they couldn't even, they couldn't even enjoy their fucking comic con because everybody stopped to take pictures every two seconds. Uh, my friend Zombie Mario this year actually didn't play Zombie Mario at all. He did one day. He was he was Dude Thing the same way like there was the Dude Thor from from Endgame where you know he grew his hair out and got fat. He did he did that but as the Thing and then he played this character. Uh, it's a character from Venture Brothers which I am not familiar with. Something Saint Cloud Austin Saint Cloud I think was the name of the character from Venture Brothers. And so you know it was a very unique uh, cosplay but you know I am not yeah and I like the Venture Brothers I just i'm not super familiar with it so um then of course there was the uh we finally there was it the last day there oh no then we did we did the batman beyond panel which uh, was the last day which was the last day and uh so uh of course got the chance chance to meet you know kevin conroy yet again <laughs> uh james tucker who's the producer and we've, we've interviewed james tucker in the past and uh will Friedel. and hopefully you know we've we, we've established things where maybe maybe knock on wood if we can continue to you know we might be able to get a, a long-term interview with him or at least something a little 
more, <laughs> or, or, or should I say for you, uh, you know, to do, get an interview with him, something that's a little more than just two questions. Uh, oh, yes. But Will Friddle, you know, Boy Meets World and the voice of, uh, uh, of, uh, my God, why am I drawing a blank on it? Terry, Terry McGinnis. Terry McGinnis from uh, Batman Beyond. But Batman Beyond is coming out on Blu-ray, uh, which, you know, shit. And then, uh, that was my exclusive also, uh, was that James Tucker, the producer during our interview had basically said that Warner Brothers wants to do an animated Batman Beyond movie. So um, now I don't I don't think he clarified whether it's going to be a theatrical release or or a movie release. But then again, he I mean a, a theatrical release or Blu-ray release. But he tends to do all the Blu-ray stuff. He tends to do all the the home home video uh stuff so i think they want to do it so he said if this sells well if the blu-ray sells well enough um that will get the ball rolling on a dc animated movie batman beyond so i'm super fucking excited about that so fucking go out there first i mean the, the cartoon is fucking awesome anyway why wouldn't you want it on blu-ray but you know uh more of a reason to get it when it comes out is that if they sell enough units um you get the ball rolling on a on a new Batman Beyond movie. Come on, buy your fucking DVDs and buy your Blu-rays and stuff. Um, then my girlfriend Lauren Moore, <laughs> she works for for you know for those that don't follow it. You know she 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 works for Funimation. She's a very attractive girl. Uh, you know every year you know I I comment about how much I I have a crush on her and stuff like that. I got a really good picture of her at the panel where she's standing there. She looks pissed off about something and there's another girl talking to her and and I you know and out of context it looks like she's ignoring the girl or whatever. Um that's one of her work associates. That's actually actually that woman actually helped us out with the Funimation stuff, but I just I just like the context of the photo. Lauren looks so cute in the picture and uh we were kind of talking about her and I guess I had just putting her name on Facebook and it tagged her. So while we're here talking shit, she's actually seeing all the stuff that we're seeing. And thank goodness none of us said anything really fucking stupid. But, um, you know, and then she kind of like, you know, she kind of commented like, thank you guys, you made my day or whatever. It's a great picture and stuff like that. So that was kind of cool. Um, then I guess of, of the interviews, our last, uh, major interviews was once again, sort of, I guess, last minute deal, but f- still fucking awesome. Uh, the Funimation interviews, which, uh, we had, I wonder, is it Justin Moore? Is that the guy's name? I, I, no, no, no. Um, Justin, Justin Briner? No. Justin Cook. Justin Cook, there yeah, we go. I, yeah, I'm, I don't know why, because you know, I saw Lauren Moore, and I think that's why the, Justin Cook, who is like, he's running things over at Funimation when it comes to, um, he's overseeing, and he, he does voice work and stuff like that, and he's, he, and, and he's been the, the, the director, but he's sort of like the main honcho where he goes, what, every 18 months they put out a new set of shows and stuff like that, so, you know, uh, when all these shows come over from Japan, uh, the ones, the ones that are, I guess, aren't even, simulcast or whatever um you know he's the one in charge of organizing all the voice actors to come in and and recording their parts and making sure that everybody you know and like one of the shows that that he is the the voice director for is uh one piece and you know and isn't one piece like aren't they like like 900 episodes or some shit like that isn't it like some ridiculous number like that well they they actually just started redubbing it apparently so but i mean my point being is they're not redubbing it i'm I'm sorry like dubbing the the episodes that have been out but yeah one piece is like over 900 episodes at this point but they've only i think dubbed 575 or something like that yeah, so jesus christ you know what i'm saying like you know even you know like okay the simpsons just hit 
like I I just saw the most recent like Treehouse of Horror and that was literally episode like 666 so like you know they have more episodes than the fucking Simpsons and the Simpsons has been out since fucking 1989 you know and and his job is to try to coordinate the American actors you know and there's translation and then there's you know then you have to record people and then of course you you can't just record just record two regular people you have to make it look like they're interacting with each other and so you know it's a fucking Herculean task that he's doing and, and he's the one that coordinates it and amongst all the other shows that fundamentally um, uh, all the other dubbing work that gets done in in Texas, uh, he's sort of in charge of that. So um, yeah, he's a big big man on campus over there. So it was cool to interview him, and he sees and he sees super laid back. Um, then there was uh, Colleen Clinkenbeard, yes, who was the voice of uh, Luffy. Luffy. On, on One Piece. Uh, and, and once again, you know, like, I'm not the biggest anime fan, but I mean, I recognize that, you know, that's, you know, she's, 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 <laughs> she, she has a lot of power, you know, saying, <laughs> you know, to be the character, to be the voice of such a beloved character with people fucking love is pretty awesome. She's also um, the ADR director. Oh. On uh, my, my hero, Acad- my hero academia. So yeah, I forgot. And then uh, I had asked, and once again, you know, they they're talking. They want to talk about the things that they're talking about. So uh, my hero academia, you know, at that at that particular time is getting plenty of press and stuff like that. So um, you know, I, I tried to ask, can we talk about my hero academia? And she was, and you know, they kind of put the kibosh on that, which I'm once again understandable. You know, my hero academia is doing very well enough as it is, and it's on, it's on, it's it's on tsunami right now, or is it? I know it was on tsunami. But I don't know it, it is still on? on Toonami, but we're not sure if season four will play on there yet, so we'll see. Yeah, I mean, but it's, I mean, if history is any indicator, it'll eventually be on, on Toonami. Um, let me see. So, and then the last gentleman, and I lost his fucking name. Do you, the, the guy from Dragon Ball Z? Do you, do you remember the, the last dude? Um, or the name of his character? <laughs> oh, um, oh, I know who you're talking about. Um, he plays Jiren. Patrick Seitz? Yeah, Patrick, yeah. Was it Patrick Seitz? I believe it was Patrick Seitz. Yeah. Uh, let me see. And I should fucking... <laughs> Voice actor, wonderful podcasting. I believe it yeah, was... Pat- yeah, Patrick Seitz. And, uh, you know, and, and it's funny. It was, it's, it's very much like uh, when I met uh, Ian Sinclair, once again, another voice actor from Dragon Ball Z or Dragon Ball Super, is that it's like, you know, of course the interview is going to be about voice acting and stuff like that, but we were kind of just shooting the shit about like heavy metal and life in general and cartoons and, and uh, you know, really cool fucking dude. And if you follow Dragon Ball Super, he was the voice of Jiren this past season. And now, mind you, we're rec- we were recording this on a Sunday. The last episode of Dragon Ball Super played that Saturday night in America yep. on Toonami. But since, but he had, he was coming from a, a family wedding or something like that. And I think he, he might have even been in Japan, if I'm not mistaken. But he came to the United States. So he was traveling when that last episode was playing. So, that day on Sunday, they played that last episode for the crowd. So it's so weird, like, you know, the main antagonist for this season of Dragon Ball Super is watching the episode for the first time in a room full of people who just watched it, watched it the night before. But, you know, it, and it was funny, we, we were literally sitting like two people down from, but we, we had interviewed him and then we went to the panel. And he's literally sitting like just next to Matt. Like there was Matt, and then then uh, Patrick's uh, uh, Patrick Sites, and uh, you know, and then and then they bring him up to the front of the panel to talk to people. So it's sort of like you know, pretty fucking awesome that you know we're there watching him watch himself over something you know, over this season that you know he was the main antagonist for. Him. So uh, that's all the comic con stuff. So you know, then you know, then there was I just wanted to mention there was a, there was a Watchmen lounge which was pretty fucking cool. And I want to give a shout out to all the people in the Watchmen lounge because I was kind of you know you go there and grab. 
something to drink or grab something to eat and everyone in there was real chill and stuff like that um all right so you want to get into the nerdy news while we have a little bit more time uh <laughs> that was, the whole first as long week, as you're not gonna kill me with another hour of this yes no no well let's um well i guess i'll we'll uh We'll quick shot all this stuff. Um, you know, once again, uh, as usual, we do these episodes and life happens. We were supposed to do this last week, but, you know, with the holiday and everything like that, it kind of threw us both for a loop, so we weren't able to record until tonight. Um, it's, it's Christmas fault. Yeah. The Joker movie, watched it, not exactly, wasn't thrilled with it. You know, I mean, it was it was visually a beautiful movie, and, and I understand what they were doing with it, but, you know, we've seen this movie already. I've seen Taxi Driver. I've seen King of Comedy. Um, um, I'm of the opinion that a Joker movie didn't necessarily have to be made and all these people they're super excited that oh it's it's a movie but it's not you know it's 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 a superhero movie but it's not in that universe of you know ben affleck's batman and and you know and shazam and suicide squad and stuff like that so a lot of people were happy about that and i'm not a big you know i didn't like it you know i don't think the joker sorry about the scraping i don't think the joker needs an origin movie I'm glad they made it. You know, the people from DC are very nice to us. But that being said, I could have given two shits. I I, I watched it. I didn't, you know, I've already seen Falling Down. (laughs) I've already seen Taxi Driver. I've already seen King of Comedy. I don't necessarily, you know, the movie didn't need to be needed, didn't need to be made. Um, I think I'd mentioned this last episode. WWE's come on to Hulu. Well, it's come to broadcast TV, Fox, and then uh, they're on Hulu now. So I'm actually starting to watch WWE again, Um, you know, enjoying it. You know, not really fast forwarding through anything. Um, just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, glad they're they're back on broadcast TV. Um, here's something I think I, I think you're gonna light up about uh, the starting lineup of Disney Plus. As uh, you know, um, you know now that Disney Plus has acquired a lot of Fox intellectual property, uh, there's uh, tons of stuff that are gonna be available on day one uh, when it comes to you know Disney afternoon cartoons and fox kids cartoons and stuff like that so i don't know did you want to elaborate on that about the um well let's just put it this way like everything that i used to watch as a kid mm-hmm. is on there basically i mean let's see all of the marvel cartoons are on there um fantastic four iron man uh spider-man x-men um there's probably a couple more that i'm forgetting but uh then there's um tailspins on there Darkwing Ducks on there, um, and then obviously the king of all of the the, the the show that I sit there and I go, did Disney really make this show? Because I still can't believe that um, Gargoyles. Oh yeah, Gargoyles. So, yeah, great fucking cartoon. Oh, they're all on there, dude. Like, dude, I, I'm I'm gonna get this. Like, there's there's like no like, am I gonna get this or am I not gonna get this? This is going to be got, and that's the way it is. So. <laughs> and apparently my category so um yeah that's i mean that's really it i mean i'm i'm gonna get i'm probably gonna get the deal because my hulu subscription is gonna be up on november 23rd for the 99 cent promotion that they had so mm-hmm. i'm probably just gonna buy the bundle that's like 12.99 so yeah with the netflix and you know and this is something that we were kind of talking about before the movie and before the movie for the podcast um you know, somebody's it, tired too in the world of, of streaming services and stuff like that, um, Netflix, you know, Netflix sees the challenge down the road with having to compete with Disney Plus. Um, I guess one of the things that uh, they're actively going to do is they're going to have they're going to invest less in comedy, um, stand up, and stuff like that. And obviously, you know, I think there's you know the rumor was down the line that there's going to be like seventy million dollar. They're giving Eddie Murphy like seventy million dollars for his his special when he eventually when Eddie Murphy comes out. 
out of comedy retirement or whatever you want to call it. You know, they threw Dave Chappelle, you know, I think at, at, at one point they had given Dave Chappelle $50 million uh, for his comedy. So I think like the big tent pole ones like that, they're still going to have, you know, they're still going to have those ones, you know, we're still going to get, you know, we're still going to get Eddie Murphy, but you know, for the smaller ones where like they had, they had a whole series called the degenerates, which I kind of like, which was like really, really dirty comedians and you know, and and um, what kind of sucks is a, a lot of what we see on Netflix, because I follow a lot of comedians on Twitter and stuff like that, is a lot of what it's going to hurt these smaller comedians because what they were doing is they would go and they would raise the money. And let's say, that, you know, they put together, you know, 50 grand or whatever, and they would record their own special. And then they would go to Netflix and then, you know, ask Netflix, look, you know, give me 60 grand for it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And and. Where, you know, okay, when all is said and done, you made like a 10 grand profit. But, you know, just the fact that you were on Netflix was like better promotion, you know, uh, just being on, you know, because nobody watches fucking, you know, people don't watch like night, late night TV anymore. Nobody, you know, Jimmy Fallon is okay and, 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 and Seth Myers is okay and, and, you know, but it used to be back in the day, you know, you had to go on those shows, you had to go on the late night shows and get like to be seen. Nobody watches broadcast TV anymore. Everybody watches streaming services so uh you know uh, when it came to making a special if you spent 50 grand on a special and you convinced netflix to give you 60 grand for it okay you're 10 grand ahead of the game which is good you know you got to be able to recoup your bills but once again but it was more of a promotion thing where people people got to know your face because you know as a person who watches netflix and i watch a lot of comedian specials on netflix you know um I've clicked on specials with people that I'm not even fucking, you know, I've never heard of this person before in my, in my life, but I've clicked on. And that's, that's like, you know, that's pure promotion because then now I got familiar with them. So whenever they come in town, you know, let's say I like, you know, such and such comedian and, and, you know, and I, then I look them up on, oh, they have a Twitter and oh, they have a podcast and, you know, and then when they come to town, their real money had the money that they live on was like, oh, okay, I'll see them locally when they come to Rochester or Buffalo or whatever, you know, Syracuse. And so unfortunately with Netflix, with Disney plus, you know, Netflix, looking to compete uh comedy specials or you know people and people in that world they're gonna have to find a whole new venue you know um to get their to get their uh comedy out there um and one of the other things that netflix is knowing to is going to do is really really crack down on the five you know five accounts to to you know you know five different passwords uh you know for the family account which has been i mean let's not Let's not mince words here. People have been taking advantage of it where, you know, uh, you know, shit, I've said it on the show. You know, I have I have my boss's password, you know, and then luckily enough, you know, between his wife and his kids, there's an extra account that no one uses. And that's mine, you know. And so, you know, I, I get I don't pay Netflix. I don't watch, you know, <laughs> Netflix for good to us at Comic-Con. I, they don't get a dime of my money because my boss pays. Um, so I, 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 I bet somewhere down the line. What they're going to do is they'll probably come out with some funky promotion where it'll probably be really, really, really inexpensive um, and they'll get you locked into a contract. But what they'll do is, you know, you have to give up your old account, you know, you, you know, mm-hmm. so, so like, oh, you know, and then, you know, then they could really start regulating what IP addresses who acts as your account. Because once again, like, you know, my boss lives a couple states away. So, you know, if it's but then again, it's sort of it, it also how would they enforce that? Because what if you're a traveler? You know, what if you have, you know, you have a Netflix account, but, you know, you're on the road all the time. You know, and you're watching from your phone. I mean, the IP address. I mean, I think they could tell if it's a phone or a computer, but, you know, I guess, you know, they're going to do what they can to enforce uh, not letting accounts do what, been, what has been going on where, you know, five different people will have access to one account 
you know, and then they'll start having cheaper accounts. And then so it was like, you know, my boss will probably tell me one day, uh, have a nice life, buddy. <laughs> you want to watch something, you better fucking pay for it. So, um, probably, you know, so, you know, it's going to happen where, you know, a lot of people are going to start fighting. <laughs> but then again, you know, I mean, the gravy train has gone on so far. So, you know, Disney Plus has proven to be such a fucking juggernaut shaking up things at Netflix. So, um, you know, I, I like Netflix. Once again, they were really awesome to us at, at Con. So I hope they figure it out and they survive good, good and entertaining programming. Um, got to go see Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Uh, I don't, I, I saw it at a Fathoms event and it was a cool Fathoms event where they actually played Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back first and then they play Jay and Silent Bob reboot. And the joke is that, you know, reboot is a reboot. It's the same movie over again, just with, you know, new characters and adding diversity and stuff like that. Uh, that was a big joke to it. Now, obviously, I liked it. I'm a big Kevin Smith fan. I mean, no doy. Um, I don't know if you could watch this movie if you're not a Kevin Smith fan. <laughs> I guess you could quite possibly watch the movie and enjoy it, but there's so many fucking layers to it and so many inside jokes and that's why like they're not releasing it in traditional theaters like they did they had the fathom events and once again you know you you have to be a fan to know about that shit you know you're not going to go you know it's not being a tra- it's not a traditional movie release where they'll you know him and him and uh jason muse kevin smith and jason muse are going town to town and they'll play their movie and you can watch it i think like if they come to your town let's just say on a thursday uh you could go to their show which the, their show is 50 bucks because you watch the movie and then they then they do a podcast talking about the movie afterwards so you, you know you're paying for like three to four hours worth of entertainment but you're paying like 50 bucks a head but i think like if you don't want to pay that much i think like if that weekend if they play your town it'll be at some local theaters in that town for that weekend but just that weekend after after they play there so it's this weird unique model and it's under saban and it's funny because you know saban who's mostly known for doing uh mighty morphin power rangers yep uh, Kevin, there's a joke about Mighty Morphin Power Rangers in the movie, which is pretty fucking funny, and it's in the beginning. So you know, they're working with Saban, Saman, and uh, but you know they have fun with it. <laughs> they kind of they goof on Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, but and and so once again, I loved Jane Silent Bob reboot, but I think. If you're a casual fan, you may enjoy it, but I don't think you're going to enjoy it the way it was meant. I, you know, the, he, these are movies where, you know, it's a, it's it's like the Marvel Universe. You know, you have to watch ten fucking movies to fucking enjoy the last one because, you know, I mean, you could watch it by itself. But, you know, if you went, if you walked in and just saw Endgame without ever seeing Iron Man or Thor or Captain America, you might be a little fucking lost. You know, I mean, I, I best they do their best to kind of catch you up. But, I mean... You know, the the full effect comes from watching all the movies prior. So, uh, uh, like I said, I liked it. Now, uh, what was the point I was going to say? Oh, okay. So, speaking of Saban, another movie they released recently was Rob Zombie's Three from Hell, mm-hmm. which is uh, the sequel to Devil's Reject. And for me, this is the final nail in the coffin. Uh, uh, you know, I like Rob Zombie as a musician. Uh, uh, of all his movies, Devil's Rejects was the only good one. You know, uh, you know, he did he did the Hol- the Halloween reboot. He did one and two. Those weren't that great. Uh, Thirty one, the one he did a while back was garbage. Lords of Salem, garbage. House of a Thousand Corpses, which was Devil's Rejects Part One. House of a Thousand Corpses was garbage. Devil's Rejects, one of the best movies I've ever seen, and now Three from Hell, which is a sequel to Devil's Rejects, garbage. You know, and I hate to, and I, don't, I mean, once again, I'm being, I'm being awfully uh, cynical. They had to add a Fathoms event, and then the funny thing is, literally the next day, it was on DVD at at Walmart. So I bought the DVD at Walmart for fourteen bucks, and uh, I watched it, and 
I don't think I'm ever going to like watch it again. Like I wanted to see it and I would have paid $10 or $12 to see it in the theater anyway. So I paid a couple bucks more to watch it at home. And like now it's just going to sit on myself, my shelf because I'm not, you know, I bought it because I didn't get a chance to see it in the theater. So, uh, I mean, that's just my opinion, but you know, I'm not a big, I wasn't a big fan of three from hell. Um, let me see. took my daughter to go see it. Chapter two. Yes. She's nine. She wanted to see it. <laughs> she saw part one. Uh, it was okay. It's 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 better than part one, but it's a very weird, weird movie. I mean, I guess if you liked part one, you'll like part two. But it was just a it was just a weird. Uh, I mean, it too is it's all right. Uh, let me see. I was gonna say I have uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez backing Bernie. We won't get into that. I just have that in my notes. J.J. Um, Abrams says that. The ending of episode nine, which we had talked about at the beginning of the episode, will be a co- as quoting quoting him a cohesive ending uh, that will satisfy all the three trilogies uh, in the prequels, original trilogy, and now the 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 Ray uh, the Ray years, <laughs> the postquels, the sequel sequels. Um, once again, fixing what Ryan Johnson had fucked up originally, and you know we got Halloween around the corner. I haven't decided on a costume yet. Um, I don't know what I'm gonna be and. And, uh, and deep fake porn. That's my last topic is deep fake porn. Uh, you know, if you've watched these videos online, there's these deep fakes where they take a computer, they analyze a person's face. Uh, it's sort of like when you do that face swap on, 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 you know, on face app or whatever, or, or Snapchat where, you know, you and your friends swap faces where it analyzes a bunch of pictures of a celebrity and, and just use a Google search or whatever. And then, um, it takes that person's face and switches it out. And, you know, and they've done funny ones where they've taken like Nicolas Cage's face and put it on like Amy Adam, Amy Adams face on like Superman. So like, you know, like a woman, but look, now she has Nicolas Cage's face. And, and, uh, there's been a couple of people where like, you know, what someone's doing like a, I've seen, I've seen pretty cool ones where they take in Jim Carrey and they put his face on Jack Nicholson in The Shining. Yeah, that was a pretty good one. And that was a really fucking good one. Now, uh, I was not, I mean, I was sort of aware of it, but I didn't realize the extent of it where I was watching a video about deep fakes and they're like, and they're like much technology, like, like many, like how the reason the internet is big as it is and, and DVDs are as big as they are, their VHS tips are big as they are, is because of the porn industry. So apparently there are tons and tons of videos online porno movies well they'll take an actress like a gal gadot or emma watson or kaylee cuoco the girl who plays penny on on uh big bang theory and they'll take an existing porno where you you know like and if, let's say you take someone like gal gadot well you'll take like a thin girl probably not that busty with dark hair and you you know you use this deep fake technology where you replace that girl's face with Gal Gadot's face. And, you know, there's a bunch of pictures of Gal Gadot online and, you know, Wonder Woman knows this shit. And the algorithm figures out the face, figures out where the eyes are supposed to be, where the nose is supposed to be, and superimposes that face. So there's a, a growing industry <laughs> of, of, of pornos out there where they'll take a celebrity's face, like I said, like an Emma Watson or Gal Gadot or Kaylee Cuoco or, you know, Lady Gaga. I seen one where it's a lesbian scene with like Ivanka Trump and, uh, and Melania Trump. Um, you know, just weird, weird shit. And like, we're getting into this day and age where, you know, as the technology gets better, so it's, it's going to be damn near seamless where it's going to, you know, you know, obviously, you know, they, you know, they have Gal Gadot. If they put it on a body of a girl with giant tits, obviously it's not Gal Gadot. <laughs> Gal Gadot doesn't have giant tits. Um, but you know, if you're that kind of a pervert the way I am, uh, you can go online and see, you know, uh, Chloe Grace Moretz and the girl who played Hit Girl, you know, playing, you know, putting a dildo on herself. So, uh, if you're that kind of person, hey, 
Enjoy it. We li- we're living in the future now. Um, so let's wrap this up. That's what, That's she, what she said. said. Um, unless there's anything you want to contribute, I know we've we've gone pretty long on this episode. No, Paul wants to contribute to his bed. So. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. So uh, please visit two strangers one podcast dot net or at this point dot com, and you can find things all things show related. You can find links to our iTunes page. If you have an iPhone, iPad, or iPod, you can download us on uh, on iTunes. If you don't have an iPhone, iPad, or iPod, you can download us on the Stitcher app. That's S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R, the Stitcher app for Android devices. Um, where uh, where I, What I do is I put on Listen Later and Available Offline, so uh, you don't have to kill your data or your battery. Uh, you can download all the podcasts worth listening to. And, of course, Paul's other baby, uh, the Tanami Faithful podcast. Is available on the Stitcher app. Um, let me see. If you want to write to us, I checked the email before the episode. I'm really, really, really surprised um, Oscar hasn't written us. You know, last episode he was condemning me for pretending to be a journalist uh, while I run around and kiss uh, celebrities' asses. Um, but, you know, we got some good interviews and I got some pretty cool pictures from Comic Con and pretty cool stories. So, uh, I guess I'm still not a journalist, but, you know, eh, this is stuff I'm going to remember when I get an turn as an old man. Um, if you want to write us like Oscar does, you can write us at g- uh, two strangers one podcast at gmail.com. That's two strangers one podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we want your money. We need your money. But if not, if you can't uh, give us a dime, you can share and like us on Facebook. It takes two seconds to share and like our page, share and like this episode. Um, I uh, I have started to put things back on eBay, so you can find the links on two strangers one podcast dot net. Um, you can find the links to our eBay to my eBay page. Um, let me see. Uh, you of course you could also go right to the source and get us on SoundCloud on the SoundCloud app. It's um you just go on SoundCloud and search for two strangers one podcast. I do make each each episode available for download. Uh, oh, there's so much shit. Um, Stranger Vlogs. As we're recording this tonight, I'm uploading a new Stranger Vlog. I didn't talk about it this episode because I wanted to save it exclusively for the Stranger Vlog where I talk about HBO's uh, episode of the, the first uh, pilot episode of Watchmen, uh, HBO's Watchmen, how it's connected to the Watchmen universe, or how should I say how it's not connected to the Watchmen universe, and uh, what we what should we expect to see. And once again, you know, just speculating, but uh, my opinions on that first episode, so there's the most recent i haven't put it out yet but that should be my next one coming out soon and uh, all my other stranger vlogs i have i have footage from comic-con that i'm going to put in a stranger vlog we have interviews we have to put up on stranger vlogs uh, you know all our stuff all the links are on our youtube page uh just search for two strangers one podcast i think chris is running out of gas here folks yeah i'm really running out of gas um I know I did a lot of talking this past this episode. Um, shit, I'm racking my brain. Is that everything that we need to talk about? I, I mean, as in... Oh, yes, it's, it's, it's everything, because I want to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> and I echo ask the floor to you, sir. All right, well, you can uh, find me on Twitter at Paul Pascrillo. You can email me like uh, Oscar seems to find a way to do. Uh, Paul Pascrillo at ToonamiFaithful.com. And, uh, yeah, that's a, that's about it. Um, like I said at the, during the show, uh, if you want to check out V Lords and, uh, the other guy that's on that podcast, his name is Alien Renegade. Their podcast is for the very popular Demon Slayer show. So, and it's called the Demon Slayer podcast. That is our new adventure at tunamifaithful.com. So, uh, go check it out. It's at, it's at D Slayer on Twitter. And if you, if you search for it, on any platform, including Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts. I think it's podcast.google.com is what it is, whatever. Um, and then, you know, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. It's on every single one of those. So um, go check it out. Awesome. 
Well, we certainly hope you guys enjoyed listening and had as much fun as we did recording. Thank you for listening to Two Strangers, One Podcast. I'm Chris. I'm Paul. Don't be a stranger. Peace. We're out. Bye. You should be fapping. Happy Halloween. Yeah, nobody wants that. <laughs> All right, here we go, man. Go ahead. You want read Double it? Jackpot. What is it? It is a self-published book by Christopher Cologne. Chris Cologne? Smells good to me. (laughs) (laughs) Look at her. That broke that fucking cold little exterior. He's like, hee hee hee. But it is spelled C-O-L-O-N. And punny. But... (laughs) (laughs) Double Jackpot is a book about a comic book artist, Eric, who is in a loveless relationship with a materialistic Lynette. I know. Oh. Fucking, are you sure I didn't write this? Uh, I, I smell sounds hauntingly familiar. He starts cheating on his girlfriend with a more creatively, su- sorry, creatively supportive woman, Nadia. Well, I, I gotta meet her. Where's the Nadia? There's your summer girlfriend. Summer Nadia is Nadia. Nadia? Yeah, I think Nadia spelled with an A. All right. Both Lynette and uh, Nadia. Play the double jackpot, the largest payout in lotto history, much like the recent Powerball. Both girls play his birth date as the winning re- as the winning numbers. Eric is now stuck between two of the country's richest women. Who will he choose? It's not that simple. This is a clever fucking idea, yeah, man. Is. Look at her, fucking. She's impressed. I am. Summer. She got some summer reading. Uh, Christopher uh, Cologne smells real lovely with an original idea. This is. I've never heard this before. I haven't either. This is a self-published book, much in the indie spirit as Kev's Clerks. Oh, you don't even need to name check me. This is just a good idea. You could stand on your own, man. You don't even have to be like, hey, remember Clerks? This is nothing like that. <laughs> this is way more original than Clerks. This is a good idea, man. Why didn't I think of this? I need something to read. This book is part of the Comic Books Heavy Metal Video Games Trilogy Book 2. Odd I See, A Tale from the Road, coming soon. Right on, man. It's part of a trilogy. This is the first part. Way to write, man. He's seeking a literary agent. Motherfuckers, anybody out there? There ain't no literary agents listening to this show, I assure you, sure. Sure. I assure you, sure. But somebody know a literary agent? Hook a motherfucker up! Chris Cologne come up with an original idea. I should tell Raskin. That's a good fucking idea, to be honest with you. That's a fucking rom-com right there. Megan, get Raskin on the phone. <laughs> Isn't it possible to get Raskin on the phone? No? Yeah. I want to run it past him, man. I want to, and if it happens, I get a taste, Chris Cologne. I get a, a whiff, if you will. The book could also be ordered on www.lulu.com. That's lulu.com. I understand that. I just wanted to spell it out. <laughs> <laughs> Normally one says it, that spells it still. Lulu.com. What is that? Do you know what it is? I don't know. All right. The book could also be ordered on www.lulu.com. Search for Double Jackpot Christopher Cologne. A paperback version of the book is $15 and a PDF file is only 5 bucks. Five dollars yeah. is insanely inexpensive. Fifteen is not even that bad for a hard for a paperback version. No, this is a million dollar idea right here. Like a, a fucking a movie about a dude who fucking is stuck between two chicks, both of who play his birthday and win the lottery. Come on, come! I, like I can it. see that trailer. Chris Cologne is on to something. Nobody else can smell it but me. I'll read it. Thank you. I'm gonna make that smelly joke. I all. know you're trying to get me to laugh again. It worked once. <laughs>
Double Jackpot is a self-published book by Chris Cologne, man. It's the first book in his comic books, heavy metal video games trilogy. Book two, Odd I See, A Tale from the Road, should be coming out soon. Get all the information. Chris Cologne, like a motherfucker. I and will his totally book, read this. Double Jackpot. I'm serious. I'm going to recommend that to fucking Raskin. That's, how is that not a movie? You know what I'm saying? This could be a sexy movie. You could do an R-rated version. There could be nudie in it. And you could sell them fucking both chicks. Maybe a little penetration. Maybe a butthole shot. No butthole, no care. I would like to formally apologize to Christopher Cologne. Right no, now, sex but... sells. Chris Cologne will appreciate that. He's like, thanks for throwing a few buttholes in there, man. Don't forget to check out twostrangersonepodcast.net, your one-stop resource for everything show-related. You can find links to subscribe to us on iTunes or on Stitcher. You could also find links to buy my book, Double Jackpot, on twostrangersonepodcast.net. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, you're cool, and fuck you, I'm out.